Show, Utah's biggest sports talk show. When you're ready to talk sports, all you have to do is find The Monty Show. Streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. Now it's time for the best sports talk in Utah, The Monty Show. Hey, hey, happy Monday to you. It is March 6th, 2023. Boy, what a day in sports we got for you today. Coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, Brian Lawler, the president at Script Sports, will join us. Big get on the show today. You know, we always tell you we only do the biggest names in sports here on the Monty Show. Right now, Scripps is such an important player in TV uh, streaming and media rights deals and the future of media rights deals in baseball and football and basketball. Brian is a perfect guy to have on right now in the world of sports. 4.15, he'll join us an hour and 15 minutes from now. We have got a ton to get to on the show, but as always, we tell you we're presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Tell you what, guys, if you've been in an accident, if you we saw all the accidents on the roadways, Jake, did you see that yesterday or Sunday alone, I believe it was, 186 accidents in the first 10 hours of Sunday. Bro, come on. On the freeways. Come on, man. Yes, it was snowing. If you're one of those people that got into an accident, if somebody was driving too fast, if they were driving distracted on their phone, you didn't deserve to be in that accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Get to theadvocates.com right now. The best injuries in the attorney in the best injury attorneys in the business are the advocates. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. I want to start with Gonzaga in the Big 12 because I know that's what a lot Gonzaga. of people are getting. Why? You said it. Why not start me. trouble? You said it. You said Gonzaga, not no, me. No, I said Gonzaga. No, you didn't. We will start with Gonzaga uh, <laughs> and the Big 12 right out of the gate. And I say that because um, obviously you guys have heard us talking about it over the last week or so that Gonzaga's really been this central figure in a lot of these conversations about. Pac-12 and Big 12 expansion. We reported it on the show Friday. We were able to confirm it over the weekend uh, that Gonzaga has been verbally offered a spot in the Big 12. And we wanted to talk about what that means because a lot of people are like, well, you have to do paperwork. Well, obviously you have to do paperwork. But in these day and ages, there's not a, 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 a one right way or one exact plan to add teams. And the way that we know that the Big 12 is going about adding teams to the conference these days is they are using relationships. And it is one of the things that separates the Big 12 from the Pac-12. And that is it, Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, has a vast network of relationships. And if he does not, he is leveraging relationships in the conference. And as it was told to us, Gonzaga basketball has been a point of conversation in the Big 12 for several years. The difference now being that a lot of people feel like the Pac-12 is teetering on this, this ledge of insolvency, if you will, because they're not going to get the money that's required to be a major player in college sports. Where Gonzaga comes into this, we were told Friday and again over the weekend that Brett Yormark has used his network of, of relationships to reach out to Gonzaga, to have conversations with Gonzaga, and they have offered Gonzaga a spot in the Big 12. On the Big 12 side of things, they're in lockstep behind Brett Yormark. The Big 12 is very much aligned. All of their presidents, their membership is very much aligned behind Brett Yormark. They have a, a vision and a plan, and Brett Yormark is out executing that plan. If Gonzaga were to say, yeah, sure, let's do this thing, 
Brett Yormark would have a rubber-stamped contract for them ready to rock and roll. It would be just a formality to get the members to check a box and sign on the dotted line to get Gonzaga in. So the idea that they would have to go first, get an agreement, then go out to membership, that's not the way it works in the Pac-12. And hey, maybe that's the deal in the, in the Pac-12, Jake, but in the Big 12, excuse me, that's not the way they're doing business right now. And I think it's one of the major things that separates Brett Yormark from anything going on in the Pac-12, including George Klyovkov's lack of leadership. Yeah, and I think it all just comes back to that word you just used, leadership, organization, you know, planning. Uh, you know, another word might be tac- tacticalness, if you will. Like, Brett Yormark just understands that, hey, today's March 6th, and six months from now, I got to be here. You know, like, as an example, the day I took over the conference, I know that I got to go around to all my people, and I got to get everybody in a straight line, all on board, you know, as Nick Saban says, all the butts on the bus in the right seat. And I think that, you know, Brett Yormark is is obviously proven to be a, a a savvy, savvy operator. And I think, you know, he he got, you know, he he caught some heat, frankly, when when they went to market early and they and they signed for thirty one and a half a year. They they caught some heat. And I think, you know, he had the foresight to to, to be able to say, hey, like, you know, we we needed that reliability. We needed to make sure that we were taken care of. And obviously you see the benefits that have now, you know, been given to them by going to market early and getting that done. So to me, yeah, I, I think there's no, really no comparison to Brett and George. I, I, I really do feel like Brett has won the battle, but I think that you know, this is the first of many battles that Brett Yormark is going to have to, you know, fight, if you will. This is this is just the beginning of the journey of his commissionership of the Big 12. Because when you look at the long-term picture, you know, we can talk all day about Gonzaga. And that would be a great ad. I, I completely agree. I, I think this conversation that's ongoing about, you know, the Four Corners and, and Utah and Arizona State and Arizona and Colorado and, you know, what's going on up north, you know, with Oregon and Washington, that, those are all great conversations. But what's it all really leading to? And that, for me, is is when I think about Brett Yormark, you know, that's what kind of comes to my mind. Where Where is he trying to take this conference? Because we know he's trying to push west. But to what end? That's what I'm really curious about with Brett because I think he understands that the SEC in the Big Ten uh, or the SEC and the Big Ten are sleeping giants. They will eat you up if you don't protect yourself. And that, to me, is what I think the the core inspiration or, or motivation is for going out and getting these schools. But do you buy that the Big 12 is only secure, if you will, as secure as one can be? because they don't have any brands that people desire. I don't necessarily buy that. I think the Big 12 is secure because they've acted more urgently than the Pac-12 has. Mm -hmm. I think it's because Brett Yormark saw an opportunity, and I don't know if it's because ESPN and Fox, as we were told um, here on the program, they, they went to Brett Yormark and encouraged the Big 12 to come out early. They went to the Big 12 and the, the Pac-12 and suggested that they merge. Um, and really, ESPN has been at the forefront of a lot of these conversations because I think, obviously, they're the pulse of TV rights deals in college sports. Where ESPN, they're in the middle. And right now, I think they, had, they, they are where they had projected they would be. And I think they tried to warn the, the Pac-12 that this was coming. And I, I honestly think the Big 12 is solid not because they don't have desirable brands, because you can't tell me mm-hmm. that 
TCU or Oklahoma State or, you know, like if you just look at the SEC, are you really telling me that Oklahoma State and TCU or Kansas or K-State, like none of them make sense to you? That just doesn't jibe with me. I think that the Big 12 has desirable brands, but I think they are more secure because they have a rights deal and they're in position to be the aggressor. They're playing offense and not just defense. Yeah, and I think the desirable brands thing is an eye of the beholder conversation. I mean, just because, you know, the the Pac-12 is flicking its nose at the Big 12 doesn't mean that the Big 12 is garbage. Like, we had a, we had a really in-depth and deep conversation about academics in these two conferences uh, on Friday. And I would encourage you guys to go back and watch that after today's program. But like that whole conversation to me after mulling it and thinking about it over the weekend, just said to me like, dude, like the PAC 12 is still incredibly prideful, right? You're still incredibly prideful, even though you're in the situation you're in. Like, like if, if you had set your pride aside, if you had said like, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, it's not great that the Big 12 is definitely head and shoulders below us in academics. That like nobody's really questioning that. That's just a, a fact, honestly. But but it's not a fact to the point where I'm I'm gonna say, yeah, you know, mm, it's not really fit for us. And and that to me, when we talk about this whole concept of desirable brands and you know what does the Big 12 have and in 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 do they have reliability long term? with the brands that they have. Yeah, I think they have reliability, but reliability only goes so far because reliability can turn off tomorrow if the SEC comes calling to any of those garbage brands as the Pac-12 puts it. But but if you look at the Big 12, I think when, when you talk about reliability, what is their most reliable piece right now? Well, it's Brett Yormark mm-hmm. because this is a guy, this, this thing about academics is significant in the Pac-12. I don't believe it is significant in the Big 12. Y'all feel me? Number two, I look at Brett Yormark and I say to myself, this is a savvy business operator because you look at going to the market early, but then you also turn around and you say to yourself, this, this, I don't know what you call it, business model, if you will, of splitting basketball and football is brilliant because you knew, and I I still think basketball is struggling to find a long-term foothold the way that football has. Because the age restrictions in the NBA and the way the draft is changing, mm-hmm. and college basketball will likely always have a place. I don't know that the NCAA tournament exists in 10 years. I don't know that college basketball as we know it, or the NCAA for that matter, as we know it exists in 10 years. But Brett Yormark, I think, has a business model that is built to withstand the major changes that are coming to college athletics, especially media rights. Thanks. I don't think there's any doubt and all of us, I think, agree the game has changed significantly just in the last six months. Yeah. From the time that the Big 12 announced this deal, I think the game has changed significantly. From the time that USC came out, from the time that UCLA left, then UCLA gets you know their free ticket, essentially, to leave the Big 12 with the, the California Board of Regents and all that time that, that the Pac-12 was in that malaise, the Big 12 was stacking. The Big 12 was moving parts around to set themselves up to succeed. I think that's what the difference is here. They've been playing offense the entire time while the Pac-12 is backpedaling, you know, and really trying to just keep its hands up. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, think it is remarkable, and I think it says a lot about Brett Yormark that he's not been out here throwing haymakers at the Pac-12. He didn't punch himself out. In fact, I don't know that he's thrown a punch yet. But if he's able to land a signature from Gonzaga, 
Really, you're not going to play it? I finally thank you. Well, you've said it if three times. If today. he's able to land a signature uh-huh. from Gonzaga, I think it is a a huge, huge haymaker. Yeah, and I think what it does is it it furthers that narrative that the Big Twelve is in control of college athletics. I I think that's what every day is doing. Mm-hmm. That the Pac-12 doesn't make an announcement, and the Big Twelve just <laughs> continues to operate and continues to lay the foundation to build on top of that. That to me is why the Big Twelve is is solid. Yeah, and I and I think you know that that part of the conversation about like you know long term success, people want to do business with good business people, and Brett Yormark is a good business person, as as we've been talking about. And I think you know if you ask you know the 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 commissioner of the Big Ten, whoever that's going to be. If you ask, you know, the commissioner of the SEC, hey, like, which one of the conferences right now would you most want to do business with? Well, if you ask the SEC, it's probably going to be the Big Ten. But after that, it's probably the Big 12 because you know that you have a guy in Brett Yormark that can get good things done and put you in a good position. So for me, I just, look, I I think there's a lot of bias towards the Big 12. I'm not a Big 12 fan by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm really sitting here having this conversation as someone who doesn't really have a team in college football, but someone who has to know college football in and out for a living. But you, and, you're just not passionate about college sports in general. Yeah. It's I mean, just, I, it's not it, my number one at all. I, I, which is crazy to me because I'm so passionate about college athletics. I love college football. I Now, basketball, I think all of us have talked about this on the show. I think our passion in college basketball has waned significantly. I mean, this is college basketball, in my opinion, has become a February and March piece of business. Yeah. I think it's Duke Carolina in the ACC tournament. For me, anyway, I'm a Carolina guy. I It's Duke Carolina in the ACC tournament, and then I'm into the to the, the, the big dance. That's, that's really where I'm at. Yeah. I am not a guy that cares about, you know, the big sky second round. I'm not somebody that, you know, like it, it, it's tough for me to go and watch <laughs> every college tournament. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like this full swing golf show on Netflix that I'm watching that over college basketball like that show. I'm telling you, we're going to talk about that later in the show. Full swing on Netflix is a home run. I'm watching that show well over watching college basketball right now, especially regular season. I'm out. Yeah. And I don't that. know what college basketball does about that. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think. You know, I don't think that college basketball sucks. It's just not my flavor. You know, I, I think college basketball in certain towns across this country is is absolutely the the ticket w- without a doubt. But you know, for me, I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm I'm more interested in in yeah shows like that or or maybe some spring training or maybe like the NBA. Certainly, um, th- I mean, there's still a lot going on in sports. But again, none of that really is pertinent to the conversation of the fact that Brett Yormark has his conference dialed in. And yeah, I do think the Big 12 is, I don't think, I know, and I know everyone agrees, is going to be prolific in the in the tournament. So I don't know, man. I just think that when you look at the, you know, the Big 12 versus the Pac-12, I just sit here and I say one, one conference is going up and to the right, another one's going down and to the left. It's just that simple. Yep. Don't forget the official energy drink of the Monty Show is Bucked Up Energy. I am so stoked. I got my new... I got my new sippy cup, daddy. Look at that shaker, dude. I'm telling you, the buck, the bucked up shakers are the best in the business. Can you measure I, it? Yeah, I can absolutely measure it. I'm telling you now, if you do not have a bucked up shaker, look in the description of the, uh, uh, of the show below. There's a, free, there's a free link to a shaker and three free sh- samples. Dude, I'm struggling today. That's it. <laughs> 
Oh God. Uh-oh. It uh -oh. is time. You guys know what time it is, time. It is bro. It you is know time. what time it is. You gotta yeah, open up. Yeah, I know what time it is. Yes, you do. The bucked up Miami, I'm telling you. It just hits it's different. It's bomb, dude. It just hits different. They've been out of Miami for a couple of days at my uh, bucked up store in South Jordan. I finally got a case yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. Let's roll. But look in the description below. They're going to give you a free shaker and three free samples of bucked up. I'm a big pre-workout guy. You guys know I get up at 5 a.m. every day. I'm in the gym at 5.30 every morning, working out, building the guns. What you bitch? Um, you know, I love Bucked Up. I like the way that their supplements, and I'll talk about their pre-workouts because I think they're the best in the business. Bucked Up pre-workout. It doesn't shock you. It doesn't knock you off your feet. You're not like shaking, but you feel energized. You feel ready to go. Your blood is flowing. That's what I like about it. There's so much trash out there in the, the industry for supplements, especially in pre-workout for the, for the novice like me, where you take something, you really can't have confidence in it. It bucked up, I'm telling you guys, quality ingredients, quality products. They announced Callum Von Moger is one of their spokespeople now. I, he, he is a huge name. I just love what they're doing at Bucked Up, and they're a local Utah company. Get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY to get 20% off your purchase. But don't take my word for it. Click the link below in the description. Get the three free samples. Get the free shaker cup. And again, I'm just telling you, these shaker cups, I drink water out of mine all day long. I love it. It is the best shaker you will ever use. I promise you that. I'm going to say this again. It's in the description below. Click the link. Pick any three samples that you want. Any shaker cup color combo you want. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. We appreciate that. Bucked up. The official energy drink of the Monty Show. You know some of those days. Yeah, seriously. You know some of those days where you're just a step slow. And sometimes like your brain is in fifth gear and your, your mouth is in like third gear. I'm way behind it. Uh-huh. I just got to chill out. Yeah, dude. You just got to settle no. in a little bit here, man. Let's go. Let's get your comments in here today. Appreciate everybody on the show. C. Kaufman is the first one in. Wow. We've gathered here today to pay our respects to the passing of the Pac-12. <laughs> 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 oh, know. man. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Klyavkov. Uh, Lopes yeah. Van Gabe says, uh, in God's hit name, exactly. image, <laughs> Lopes Van Gabe says, hit the like button, casuals. Absolutely. Uh, we're pushing a thousand views on the show. Look at you guys. 18 minutes in, we're already at a thousand views. Go. I love it. Uh, but we're also only at 57 likes. So if all 364 of you hit the like button, that would be amazing. Uh, Jazz Perch One. Happy, up, happy Monday, gentlemen. Afternoons make my workday much more enjoyable when you guys do a show. Appreciate that. Every day, three to six. Um, Car Wash Channel simply says he's a member of the show, by the way. Thanks, Car Wash yeah, Channel. Yeah, appreciate you, Car You guys, Wash. click the join button. By the way, no, I'll tell you about it in 10 minutes. The Big 5-0 birthday bash this lit, Friday dude. is it's getting lit. crazy. It's lit. It's getting crazy now. Like, And I don't have time. I wish I had ordered more T-shirts because the demand to get into this event is incredible. We'll tell you about that coming up at 3.30. Uh, Car Wash Channel says uh, Pac-12 is tr a trash conference. Because it's garbage. Okay. Uh, Mick Mullins says Utes back to the Mountain West. Never. You guys are because amazing. Because it's garbage. You guys are amazing. Raptor 88, my guy. There he is. He's also a oh. member. I like the... Is that an iguana? Uh, no, a... that is a white salamander, please. Okay. Uh, happy Monday, <laughs> casual. See... <laughs> Like you just start so much, so much trouble. 
Man, Janine Britannica <laughs> says Shogram, Shogram, Shogram. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. What's up, Cougar Tracks? Says go Cougars. Mr. Preston, one of our guys, a big bucked up drinker, by the way, Mr. Preston. Boom. Um, Mr. Preston was at a car show over the weekend. Yeah, my guy's building the twin turbo LS Chevelles. Dude, you're a stud. Uh, let's go, casuals. Happy Monday. Let's enjoy the Monty program today. Program. Uh, Zesty's Retro and Games says Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, you've already said Gonzaga like five times. I said times. it Gonzaga. once. Gonzaga. I said Gonzaga. it once. No, you've definitely confirmed said it twice. No. Yeah, you No, did. I have not. Gonzaga. I don't know what you mean. Gonzaga. <laughs> you are going to get us in trouble with that, dude. Hey, I spent $100,000 going to Gonzaga. You're going to say it right. And now I have to tell the story. There was a one time way back in the day when we said Gonzaga, a girl DM'd me. No. And she was like, hey, man. I spent like $100,000 on my education. Are you just being a dick or are you just trolling or are you really stupid? Like Gonzaga. she lost her mind. It's Gonzaga. Where does Zaga come from? I'm like, I don't know. I went to Gonzaga. That's why. I That's right, T. I didn't go to Gonzaga. Uh, Matt Hartley says Gonzaga. 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 You guys, <laughs> you are pissing people. I'm, come on, man. Help me out a little bit. Uh, story says Red Raider fan here. Texas Tech. Boy, how about the Texas Tech basketball coach? Dude, that situation's ugly. Uh, don't have all the info on Utah. Where? What year did they leave the Ivy League to join the pack? Wow, see, Ivy League. and <laughs> why, did, why are people so upset about the education thing? Because it's a garbage line of thinking. That's why. Because they're more concerned about getting A's on essays than making money on the football field. You know, they're more concerned about you know, being top tier God level educational facilities versus maybe just stepping down, you know, a little bit and, you know, getting to a good place on the football field and getting into a good place in the pocketbook. Why is it a problem that they want to be in a, in a conference that is a higher level of education? Because there's no doubt that the grouping of schools in the PAC 12, I mean, the academics are not comparable. But, right. Right, I mean, at least we all can agree nobody, on that. Nobody, nobody disagrees that the Pac-12 is head and shoulders better in the classroom than the Big 12. That's just not in dispute. It's not. It's true. It's 100% facts. But I think people have a problem with this because the Pac-12 is burning to the ground on $22 million a year, and you have all this smoke, and we know that you know programs like Gonzaga have been verbally offered – and Utah wants to sit here and drag its feet and say, yeah, you know, um, mm, yeah, we can't join our, the conference, you know, and let me put it this way. We can't take our life, you know, boat back to the beach, you know, to survive because, yeah, you know, you're not the same level as us in calculus. That's the problem, but I, man. I also think it's about a lot more than that, though. I think that these schools make a lot of money on education. I think it's a billion-dollar industry every year, multiple billion-dollar industry every year that schools make on on their you know educational prowess. And whether you're a research institution, whatever it might be, I think it is a bigger deal than that. I think athletics, and I don't know how many people agree with this, or athletics are a very small piece of the financial pie for an institution like Utah or certainly Northwestern, certainly a, a Stanford, a Notre Dame. It's a very, athletics are very small, a piece of the financial pie. So I actually understand why it matters to a Utah. I understand why it matters to a, to a, you know, a big 10 that they want to get Stanford and Cal if they're going to take Oregon and Washington. That makes perfect sense to me. 
My question is, why are so many people upset about that? Well, listen to what you just said, though. Notice what did all those schools have in common that you just said? Notre Dame, Utah, right? To a lesser extent, Stanford and Cal, right? A lot of these schools are not like national championship winning programs recently. They are education, then athletics. And, you know, to me, I don't know. I just look at, so you're telling me that Alabama or Georgia isn't a good educational facility because, you know, they put a ton of money into their, you know, weight room. Like, I just, I, I just don't think, think it's anybody's a novel, saying that. Though. I know nobody's saying that, but that's how they operate. They operate like, oh man, like we can't go and do this. Like they're operating with this idea that they can't go to the big 12 because somehow that's going to lose them a ton of money. I think you have to look at it like somebody that walks, you know, walks up to you with a, a, a piece of Louis luggage and somebody that walks up to you with a torn duffel bag. The Louis luggage is, has no money in it and the torn duffel bag does. Well, maybe, maybe, but I'm but just... But you're going to take the Louis duffel bag. Yes, every single time. Come on, man. Every single time. <laughs> Come on, man. You're going to take the Louis bag over the torn duffel bag every <laughs> single time. And I don't care where the money's hidden. The bottom line is, when you are somebody like Stanford Cal, when you're somebody like Utah that prides itself on education, and yes, BYU fans who lost their minds on, on YouTube in the comments over the weekend, we said it a million times. BYU is ranked higher educationally than Utah. We get it's it. It's really unfair. But the point is, the point is, Utah is currently affiliated with, again, Stanford and Cal. Why would you want to give that up? I, I understand it. I think it is, for Utah, I think the biggest issue is your long-term vi viability as an athletic program. Dude, I'm negotiating my season tickets right now with Utah football. Man, I would, much, I would much rather have them in the, in the Big 12 than the Pac-12 if I'm going to pay for season tickets. Not that that matters this year, but in the long term, I'm willing to pay more to put to put Utah into the Big 12 because I just don't believe in the vision and the, the long-term prosperity of the Pac-12. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I think people struggle with this whole educational piece. I don't, like, nobody struggles to understand why you might want to be surrounded by some of the best educational institutions in the land. I think that makes perfect sense. Like, I think that's, you know, very straightforward. But we're not having a conversation about, well, is, is you know, hey, the pac 12s in a great spot, but would you want to join the Big 12? That's not the conversation we're having. We're having a conversation about, hey, your conference is in a really crappy spot. Like, yeah, sure, you may have good educational ranking right now, but if you don't survive athletically, you're telling me that that's, you're still going to keep it cool in the classroom. You're, you Like, you just don't need athletics at all you do you don't you don't care about like the sun devils arizona state just put in this beautiful i think it was 200 million or like 160 million dollar hockey facility you're telling me that arizona state doesn't care about athletics well no of course they do right so that's where i think people struggle it's like utah is not relevant nationally because of this in my opinion you're more worried about your education then what's happening on the football field? I think field, Utah is not relevant nationally in athletics at the level they should be. That doesn't mean that they're not they're not relevant. They're not relevant to the level they should be. That's the bottom line because nobody sees the Pac-12 networks. Nobody. And I think that's the struggle that Utah fans are dealing with right now. Yeah. I think a lot of Utah fans are prideful and don't want to give that up. And I, yeah, I, I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, D Rock Irish says uh, sugar content. Just asking, 
Uh, anytime you see me drinking a an energy drink, it will always be zero sugar. If it doesn't have zero sugar, like we would we would not partner um, with Bucked Up if they if all of their stuff was full of sugar. And when you have a company like Bucked Up, D Rock, you can you can believe. And if you go and do the research, you'll see it, it's all online. When you when you go and look at Bucked Up and their products, they are the highest quality. They are the highest efficiency. They're not going to load their stuff up with sugar. The question it bucked up is high stimulant, low stimulant. They make them both. The black can, 300 milligrams of caffeine. The white can, 100 milligrams of caffeine. Y'all feel me? Plain and simple. You know, like, and it says, and I'll, I'll show it to you here. This is a can of bucked up Miami. Can you see it right? You can't, but this says zero sugar. You see that? Zero sugar right there. So I wouldn't be drinking. I, I do my best to avoid sugar at all costs. It's just not something, and I don't have, thankfully, I'm really lucky. I don't have diabetes, I don't have any of that. Um, but sugar, I am I am a big believer that sugar's terrible for you. So you're never gonna see me drinking full sugar stuff, in my opinion. Uh, David Zabesta says, ASU's crap numbers were an outlier. From 2016 to 2021, the worst four schools were CU, Cal, Arizona, and Oregon State. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Remick, how the heck are you, man? Oh, he is just saying buck, not the other word. Yeah, bucked up. <laughs> bucked, bucked up. Bucked up. Um, you know, I just, this is a family show. We would never speak in such terms. Speaking of family shows, don't forget to uh, join us Friday right here at the Maverick Center uh, for the Big 5-0 Birthday Bash. Uh, super excited. Uh, we are going to have Brant Keithy. Uh, and Max Tooley from BYU are going to be right here at the Maverick Center. Coming out and see them. You can get online. I, I, all of our exclusive membership is full. So this event is full. I am not telling you that you can get in. Everybody, we announced on Friday that we were doing mini golf. We have the most pimped event for this thing. This mini golf course that we have coming. Dude, wait until you see the video on this thing. The, the company that we're using to provide indoor mini golf makes these boxes. They have Plinko. They have Skee-Ball. Like for real. All these different mini golf course holes. They're going to be inside the Maverick Center here up in our Centennial Room spot. Oh, for real. Uh, we are going to have a full catered uh, Mexican dinner. We've even got enchilados. We've, we've got a taco bar. It's going to be amazing. Um, we are rapidly running out of shirts. It's amazing how many people have asked to get into yes. this thing. Um, we're going to have a cake. We are going to have lights. We, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. Oh, by the way, a great hockey game uh, is also going to go off on uh, Friday with the Kansas City Mavericks. I like it. I, okay. One horn <laughs> is fine. Uh, the Utah Grizzlies, who are red hot, they are playing great uh, hockey right now. Uh, the Mavericks will be in town. I am looking for a win. Brant Keithy and Max Tooley are going to drop the first puck on Saturday night. That's going to be amazing. It's yeah. just going to be a great night. And then, oh, by the way, on Saturday, the Stanley Cup's coming in. So the Stanley Cup's going to be at Maverick Center here in Salt Lake City. <gasps> Guys, get tickets. Come on out. I'm telling you, even though you can't get into our event, you can still meet Max and Brant. They're going to be in the building. Um, they're two really good dudes. I can tell you, having spoken with them, um, they are just awesome guys. And it's all brought to you by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy and Papa Murphy's Pizza. 
Um, I cannot wait for Friday. Yes. I am so – we were talking to the guys here, Brian Pooch, the chief marketing officer for the Utah Grizzlies. I just cannot wait because it's going to be amazing. The Stanley Cup is going to be at Maverick Center. Crazy. Dudes, I'm telling you, by the way, um, use the promo code JYMonty to get your discount on, on Grizzlies tickets. So come on out Friday and Saturday. DM us. We're happy to meet with you guys. We're happy to take pictures with you guys. We love when you come out. Um, so make sure you say hello at that event. But our event is full. There are tickets available to come to the game. But our event is full. Yeah. So make sure if you do buy tickets, you come out and you say hello. Because that's going to be amazing. Uh, let's see. Amber Spencer says, oh, that damn cake. The Baktress, Amber Spencer. Amber, are you coming to the event? Amber, yeah, she is RSVP. She is oh, she yes. RSVP. And, okay. and, and the husband. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Uh, Ms. Mrs. Spencer, the Baktress of the show. There was a little cross connect on the on the. We we got the cake. We didn't have Amber bake it because she told me um. she wasn't baking, and it's gonna be an awesome cake. Yeah. It's going, to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, outside the echo chamber says, Utah hangs their hat on the PAC's academics, not their own. Well, because I think a rising tide raises all ships, right? I mean, if you are, there's no doubt about it. And again, I'm, I don't even think it's a slap in the face. The Big 12's academics are below the Pac-12's academics. Mm -hmm. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. It's not a slap in the face. It's a fact. It's reality. And I, so I, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. Uh, Amber says, Mr. Spencer and I cannot wait for Friday. We'll look forward to seeing you. Dan Kinnersley, a member of the program as well, says Utah isn't relevant academically, nationally, just because they are in the same conference as some world-class institutions. No, but again, if you're in a conference with Stanford and Cal and you can liaison with them or network with them or partner with them, Let's say you partner with them on a study or in research or, I mean, the connections are natural mm -hmm. to me. Why is this so controversial? I'm, because I, it, like the comments are crazy to me. Because it, it is, so, so Utah is saying, hey, we're struggling to want to go to the Big 12 because of academics. Mm -hmm. So what exactly are you really losing by being in the Big 12? Because it's not as though you're going to lose... Right? Do, do I have this right? They're not losing, like, it's not like all of a sudden you were a grade A academic institution. You're not going to lose your, you're not going to lose your AAU certification. Yeah, by going to the you're big. You're not going like, to lose that, honey. I just think that you are, perception is reality. And I think if you are, I get it. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I, I, I'm not wrong. an expert. I can't I, speak to what they will lose or not lose. What I know is everybody talks about academic certification. They're not losing that. They're not losing their medical school. I mean, it's nothing catastrophic. It simply is perception versus reality. I think that's all it is. And I don't blame them. If they could join the Big Ten, I think Utah would join the Big Ten tomorrow. But right now, I don't see that as a possibility. And I think there's also this other side of it where, you know, saying you're not going to join a conference because of academics essentially implies without saying it that, you know, that conference is just trash academically, which is not true. The Big 12 is not some awful academic it's conference. Not. They're just not as good as the Pac-12 is. And and look, again, we're not having a conversation about whether, you know, he's right and I'm wrong or, or, or the comments are wrong or we're like, 
That's not really even the conversation. Like you've said a couple of times, I think we all agree, hey, the Pac-12 is better academically. That's true, 100%. But I just, I think, you know, when when an institution like Utah says, hey, we're not going here because of academics, it, it sounds... It, it sounds prideful and it sounds foolish. That's my opinion. I, I think it sounds silly to say, well, we don't, we're, we're not going to choose reliability, more money, better reputation, you know, better odds of winning a national championship. Like, really? Like you think that's prideful? Yeah, I think it's prideful to say you're not going to choose all that because you want to be super top, like Lamborghini level education. Yeah, I think I that's, think that's I think I have no problem with that. I think that's part of their brand. Cody uh, Gilbreth gives us a $10 tip to say when the Four Corners School joined the Big 12. Well, I, I wouldn't state it as though it's going to happen. I think it is possible. I do not believe that it is close to being done. I, I don't. Um, do you think they will use a three protected annual game model or pods? I get asked this question all the time. I don't know. I don't know. If... If it were me and I was realigning, I would want to protect my rivalry games. I'd want to protect every one of them. You know, like it, it, it's, I think that's really important. Christopher Murphy says also a lot of AAU schools, which is oddly a weird obsession here, are D3 or Ivy and two are Canadian. I, you're not going to lose your, your AAU affiliation. The problem is the most of the schools in the Pac-10, uh, the remaining 10, uh, schools in the Pac-12, which is still awkward to say. The Pac-12's remaining 10 schools um, are AAU. Most mm-hmm. of them. Not all of them. I, uh, most of them are. Yeah. And this also, by the way, brings in the question of, well, then what is your appeal to Boise State and Fresno State? And really, I understand the appeal of San Diego State, but academics don't matter when you're trying to get more members, but it does matter for you to stay in. That's a fair point. Yeah, I hadn't you know, thought about I mean, it from that angle. That's also yeah. a fair point. I, yeah, that's why I say, like, I just, I don't know. I get it, but I also don't get it. I understand the concept. I understand, you know, what they're saying about academics and, like, what they want or what in an ideal world they'd have happen. But it's all for naught if your conference dies, right? Like, if your conference dies, you're really telling me that, that now all of a sudden you're going to be more worried? Like, well, obviously not. And that's why I say, like, I, like, I think it would be different. Like, if the SEC said, hey, we're not... Like, if, if there was some hypothetical, some insane hypothetical, right, that the SEC and the Big 12 are going to merge, right? That The educational piece of that conversation, I could understand that if it was optional, right? I think that's the key word here. It's not, at some point, it's not going to be optional for the PAC to merge with the Big 12 or for the Big 12 to, to absorb you know, the four corners, let's say, or, you know, you know, schools like Gonzaga, like you, you're not going to have a choice if the Pac-12 burns to the ground. And I think that's why people uh, feel controversially about this. That's why people think this is controversial, because it's like, that's cool that you take so much pride in the classroom. But if your conf- if your conference doesn't survive, what good is that? Can we just get an announcement, please? Can we, can we just <laughs> can we just get somebody to do something about something? Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I. I don't know. Again, if you're just tuning into the show this afternoon, um, we're talking about this Gonzaga basketball situation, which, by the way, I think we should get back to. And I'd love to see in the comments section, how do you guys think be, that that Gonzaga basketball fits into the Big 12? 
I think it's a natural fit, although some people would tell you um, that you're a better fit in the Pac-12 um, geography-wise, which I think is crazy. Um, because where when you look at when you look at Gonzaga and you you just pull it up on a map, right? And you you realize where Spokane, Washington is, you just start to understand that you're in the hot you're you're in the hotbed of Pac-12 country. Like when you look at where they are and where Spokane, Washington is, and you you start to understand the the landscape of you know where you know where like look at Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Look at look at where Washington State is. Look at where all of the Oregon State is. Like you are an enclave essentially to the eastern front of Washington State, right? Because you are basically sitting on the border of of Idaho and Washington, and you are I mean you are right in the ballpark of Pac-12 country. But I just don't think you are a you're a fit in in that conference. It just doesn't feel like. And by the way, the Pac-12 has tried to lure Gonzaga in, and Gonzaga has said no, thank you. They have said we appreciate the offer, we're not ready to accept yeah, it. Thanks, this point, but no thanks. Which I think we also reported on this show. Yeah. Um, and I think it I think it bears I think it bears saying that you have a situation where you absolutely are being fought over mm-hmm. at Gonzaga right now. You are being fought over by the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Which is always great. You always want that. Oh, no question you always want that. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any any doubt about that. But you look at you look at where Gonzaga University is. I mean, you absolutely are, what are you, three hours from, from Seattle, two and a half hours from Seattle, uh, which obviously is the center of the universe in the Pac-12 now that Los Angeles is out. I mean that is a that is a you are a competitor to Washington State. But there I is think no doubt about that. On the flip side of that, for Brett Yormark, you're extremely attractive because you're West. Brett Yormark has said repeatedly he wants to push West. Yeah, you are. I, I listen. I think Gonzaga basketball to the Big Twelve is a no brainer. Gonzaga, and, and I don't care. I don't care that if you're. Hey, look, you're an hour north or whatever it is of of Pullman and the Palouse. Hey, that's great. Let's go. I, I, I'm good with it. But I'm telling you that, that Gonzaga absolutely should be part of the Big 12. My biggest question is, and I know I'm not the only one asking this, is Gonzaga basketball as good as it is today if it joins the Big 12 tomorrow? <coughs> and I'm telling you they're not. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to St. Mary's and BYU. I think they're top half, though. I would agree with that. I think, I think they're top, they're top half. half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, outside the echo, ch- echo chamber says Utah isn't better academically. Utah's pretty darn good academically. Uh, Brandon Butler, who's a member of the program, says, for example, if you want to deal with Disney, you don't want to be uh, seen hanging out with uh, Ja. Well, at the moment, no, you know. This Ja Morant situation, we'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't forget, coming up 30 minutes from now, uh, I am super stoked. Uh, about our guest today. We don't do, you guys know we don't do a whole lot of guests on this show, right? Brian Lawler's a guy that I think is exceptionally important. He is the president at Script Sports. Uh, we heard a week or 10 days ago that, you know, Script Sports through Ion TV was talking to the big, tw- or the Pac 12. Come on, man. Brian's going to come on the show today and we are going to talk about the business of doing rights deals because there's a lot of people who believe that Script Sports is going to be a power player mm-hmm. in live sports broadcasting. And I think they will. But one of the questions I think we need to talk to Brian about is, 
what is what is the role of streaming? And is streaming here now or is streaming still out there in the future a little bit? Because I am a big believer in live sports. If you do not reach viewers on their phones, you're in trouble. I think if you are, you know, the funny thing is we were watching F1 this week and I happen to be a pretty big F1 fan. Where did I watch some of that F1 race? I watched it on my phone. And I'm telling you, that's the future. You have got to be able to find these games on your phone. Because if you, can't watch a, a, if you can't watch a Utah Ute football game on an iPad or a telephone, what's the point of, of having a deal there? Because you're going to lose viewers. So I'm curious, in, in, from a guy that's in the middle of it, like Brian Lawler, are, are, is streaming Paramount right now today? Because look at what Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, said last week that lit your hair on fire. Yeah, I mean, he said he wanted every, he, he wanted every Utah Jazz fan to be able to access their content uh, and their games, whether that be, I believe he said on any device, but, you know, whether that be on a computer or TV or a phone, any device, you know. So, to me, I, I, I look at situations like the Jazz and Ryan Smith. I look at the MSG deal. I look at some of the other deals that have been done sort of like this across the country and across the landscape of sport. And you're seeing more more of these deals come down. And to me, I think what's what has some catching up to do is the monetary investment in buddy walking around with a camera that can shoot 4K behind the scenes content. That's what I think is waiting. And I think everybody has, everybody and their mom can stream to YouTube. Like that's not like some new rocket ship type but, deal but you Jake, know it's this full swing show on on netflix and i don't mean to keep going back to that this full swing show on netflix if you have if you have not watched it it is i can't let go of it and i'm not a huge golf fan even though i play and i watch pretty regularly mm-hmm. but seeing dustin johnson talk about why he left the pga for live golf watching brooks kapka struggle at the open you, you, the stories they like follow these guys home. By the way, Paulina Gretzky is flipping hot as hell on this show. You, you look at <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Brooks Kepka, Jenna Sims, hot as hell on this show. It's behind the scenes, it's mic'd up, it's everything we want. It's the arguments between caddies and golfers, it's, the, it's the, the planning. Watching these guys try to read greens at the open is fascinating to me. Watching guys like, you know, a, a, a Jordan Spieth really struggle to make five-foot putts in a final round of an open champion, it's amazing. It, it, it just grabs you. That's what I need. That's what I want. The game is important. Don't get me wrong. The game is important. But I need to know the guys playing the game too. That's why it's so close to me. That's why I want it. That's why streaming matters. That's why laying in bed watching watching a game on my phone. <laughs> that's why that matters. And it doesn't matter if I'm naked or not. I have my phone in my hand, right? That's why that matters. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm I'm all in on streaming. And well, I, I know I'm one all, of the only ones. We want the fiber of sports. That's what we want. We yes. want we want to know. I mean, it, you know, and there's any number of examples, whether it's this full swing show, hard knocks, you know you know, all or nothing, it, whatever it is, you know, the Lakers in see like it, it, there's so many examples Drive of to it. survive Drive to survive. Like, Look at the explosion of F1 in this country. And yeah. if you don't know, it's exploding. 
and it's all because of drive to survive. Yeah. And an inside behind the look, well, behind it, the scenes look at, at F1. Imagine if we got a drive to survive Pac-12 deal negotiation. I'm not even being oh tongue God. in cheek, but think about it. Like, think about how compelling it would be to be in on even half the conversations that a Brett Yormark or a, or a George Klyovkov or, you know, a Kevin Warren at the time, you know, when the t Big Ten deal was getting done. Like, that's the stuff that we as sports fans really want and yes. crave and, like, desire. And I think that that's where I hope, you know, teams like the Jazz, teams like the Lakers, I want to see every single team that's relevant in sport Rather, they're the number one most relevant team or the last relevant team. I want to see everybody doing and the Lakers the are scenes stuff. By and, the way, the know, Lakers yeah. are doing yeah. that. I know. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Macho Man. What's up, Macho Man? He says Ryan Smith got a twelve billion dollar offer to take his company private. Yeah. How about that? Qualtrics today. Stay hard. Uh, I mean, amazing. Jaron Eccles, my dude. What's up? A member of the show says Full Swing is a fantastic show. If you like golf at all, you need to watch it. It's crazy. Jaron, hope you're coming to the event on Friday. Uh, Dan Kinnersley says, exactly, Gary. I want to be able to watch on my phone when I'm out and about and be able to watch on a smart TV app when I'm at the house. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Jacob DeLambo says, are we talking about MILF Manor now? Dude, I'm telling you, Paulina Gretzky. <gasps> Stay hard. I mean, I don't even know. I, I, How do you ever leave the house? <laughs> how do you ever leave the I don't even... I. I Dude. Can you measure it? Dude. Uh, Austin Napierski, what's up, dude? I would never watch that in a million years, and I love Full Swing and Drive to Survive. Never you, watch you what? Never watch what? I don't know what you mean. Uh, outside the echo chamber says paid promo. What's a paid promo? Yeah. Uh, Craig Thompson McCluskey. <laughs> Does anybody in the Mountain West miss Craig uh, Thompson yet? Oh, my God. Says hello all. <laughs> Mayor, I love you, dude. Uh, good to see you. Tanner Plummer, where's Greg Hawkins? He needs to be here to defend the Titanic. Uh, Greg's dad passed away. So yeah. if, if you have a minute today, you guys, take 30 seconds and just think positivity into Greg Hawkins' life. His father passed away. He's been battling a little bit. Um, so, Greg, we're thinking about you, dude. We appreciate yeah. you. We appreciate you being a loyal listener to the show. And uh, I just hope that – I just hope you're feeling good today, man, as, as, as good as you can. I know that. Uh, what's the time for the party Friday? My sister is coming home from her mission that evening. Oh, my God, Jaren. Jaren, bro. Bring dude. her with you. Yeah, come on. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. <laughs> Six o'clock. And, and again, you can Six roll to, in later yeah. than, than you that. You can like, come in you later. Know. You can come in earlier, stay shorter, longer, whatever you want. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, I like watching golf. I just don't have a, a, a Netflix yeah, anymore. How way, about my I wife? Thought, yeah, what the yeah. hell? I thought how about, that she got rid of it. How about Mrs. Monty? Getting Netflix back just so we could watch Full Swing. The girls, I'm telling you, when you marry up, you truly need to marry up. Yeah. Because she's freaking amazing. My wife is, I'm telling you, I married way over my head. Uh -huh. Which is why she always wants football 50-10 of the hour every hour on the Monty Show. Uh, don't forget Brian Lawler, Script Sports, INTV coming up here. He's the president at Script Sports. We'll ask him about Ion TV and because Ion TV to me is Chicago PD. Hank Boyd, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, SRTs and stuff. Yeah, uh, which I am now. I, I own a Hemi, so I just say it's an SRT. I'm the Beamer guy that puts like the M badge on the back of his 328. I'm not actually that guy <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't have an SRT. I have a Hemi. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Mommy Show.
presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MOTSY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Did you guys hear that Derek Carr signed with the New Orleans Saints? I don't know that I can say this number out loud. He got $100 million guaranteed from the Saints. Mm -hmm. He got $150 million total, $100 guaranteed. Is Derek Carr the savior of the New Orleans Saints? I don't know if he's the savior, but he's the best guy they've had since Drew Brees. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, with all due respect to, to Taters and, you know, Taters. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, with all due respect to those guys, to me, I just think that, you know, you, you went out and you made a play. And I think that, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, 100 mil guaranteed is a lot by football standards, but it's not a lot by For quarterback that standards, guy? dude. For that guy. But that guy, look at the market, though. That guy in this market, I think it's justified. Well, and here's the market, and I think you're exactly right. Here's the question. Okay, so New Orleans got Derek Carr off the market. Look at the look at the Jets, 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 Jets. Yeah, they're down to Dark Room Freakazoid or Jimmy Garoppolo, the constant surgery patient. <laughs> like I don't know which way you go here. Dark Room Freakazoid. <laughs> hey man, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, just got out of my darkness retreat. Raccoon out of a garbage can. Uh, anything happened on Twitter the last few days, Packer Nation? What do you guys make of this choice? And by the way, Ryan Tannehill is might be out there. Ryan Tannehill's a guy that could be cut. I doubt it now. They're saying that Tennessee wants to hang on to him because there's not a better QB out there than Tannehill. Yeah. If you're the Jets, what do you do here? Well, I mean, I think you have to... You have to take a swing. I mean, you got to offer Aaron Rodgers the mountain, dude. And it sucks because you you don't really have another choice. I mean, I guess, you know, since you are the Jets, you could just suck again another year. But but I think they understand it at a minimum. And I'm not saying the Jets know how to make the playoffs. But I do think they're well aware <laughs> that they have a good enough defense to make the playoffs. Let's go. And they're like a quarterback or so away from at least getting to the postseason because that's the thing remember what everyone said last year oh well it was zach wilson and you know it was it was mike white's fault and you know it was flacco's fault that they didn't make the playoffs you know they have this amazing defense okay well if you have a great defense and you're just a quarterback away i'm not investing in jimmy g i will invest in aaron Rodgers, even though even though you know it's gonna cost you 60 million a year like I guess for two years, that's fine. I, my, I don't know. Look at my guy, Teddy Wayman. The Jets should trade for Jordan Love. Screw Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How awesome would that be? Hey, it's Woody Johnson. Hey, Woody um, is my name. Which one of the fans, because I know the Packers are owned by their fans. Which fan is running the team tonight? Hey, uh... Hey, yeah, uh, Jimmy the Pipe Fitter. Hey, uh, Cisco Liscano. Uh, just wanted to talk to you about uh, Jordan Love. We'll give you a first-round pick in Zachy Poo. Can you imagine if the Jets traded for Jordan Love? Dude, what a bag slap. <laughs> Only Teddy Wayman, the tile king of Utah, would know that. Love that. Jo- uh, Joy- Jay Washington, as a Saints fan, I'll give the Saints a three-week trial to see if uh, I'll stay for stick with high school football. I think, listen, I know I've died on this hill on the show. I actually think Derek Carr is better than 
jerks like you give him credit for. Well, he is. He is. Is he? Is he the best player on a Super Bowl team? He's not. But they already have a defense. I don't know what they do with a, a Michael Thomas, or I don't know where they ultimately wind up. I mean, obviously they have issues in the backfield. I mean, they have some issues offensively. But you have a guy in Derek Carr who I don't think is going to lose you games. I don't believe that Derek Carr was the reason the Raiders sucked. I don't. And I, I think he is, I think he's a good pickup. And by the way, if I'm the Jets, I'm probably trying to, to get Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Tannehill. I am not paying Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I'm not doing it. If, if you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, don't you understand he's going to miss half the season? Yes. Yes, dude. If right? not the whole season. Yeah, I... I but, I but I think another key factor, now. another key factor, if you're looking at the NFC South, every team now has a new quarterback, and I'm here to tell you that Buddy is at the top of the list in his division, and there's no reason why they shouldn't go to the playoffs. Hey, real quick, uh, speaking of the Raiders, uh, they tagged Josh Jacobs today. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's going to stay... If you are and if you are the Dallas Cowboys, what do you do with Ezekiel Elliott? Cut him. Cut him. There's I don't no know. No other man. choice. I, I, I think it's really interesting. They obviously you, you probably heard they tagged Pollard. Um, I don't know what you do if you're Ezekiel Elliott. Like, is his career over, or is he a Leonard Fournette who will just run in the dudes and? He'll have value on a team. Yeah, I mean, they owe him, I think it's $59 million, which is not guaranteed, right? Like, his, no. his money is $59 million, but not guaranteed. And I think, you know, yeah, I think he's got he's got value in, in short yardage situation, whether that's red zone or not. I think just short yardage, you know, less four, four yards or less, I'm running Zeke out there. But I think the problem is, is that the guy just... I don't know if if it's fair to say, hey, he's just lost a step or he's not the same guy. What, whatever you want to say about him, he's just turned into more of a power back, short yard guy. He's no longer that explosive three down back, and that's okay. Uh, Bryce Young is very small. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see this story? I'm a little worried about this now. If you look at Bryce Young and, and you look at the way that he – handled himself at Alabama. But then watch this video. Look at that. He is tiny. And then he went and measured at the combine. You guys, he he measured at the same size as Kyler Murray. Look how small. Wait, Bryce Young is doing squats now. Is this Bryce Young yeah, or is this it, Kyler you know Murray? It's so funny. They measure the same at the combine, and now they're wearing the same clothes when they work out. And, and apparently, they have the same personal yeah, trainer. Same trainer too. The defensive, the captain of the defensive ends group. You know what I mean? So, look at his face. <laughs> Note the face change here. Stop it. Stop it. What do you do about Bryce Young? Is Bryce Young too small to play in the NFL? I don't think he's too small, but but I think that teams need to start investing in their offensive lines. Like, clearly not every quarterback that's going to get drafted is going to be 6'5 and 230. You know, like, we're in an age and in an era where smaller quarterbacks are starting to come into the league more often. And, and yeah, I'm not a Kyler Murray guy, but Bryce Young excites me. I think he played for one of the best programs in the country in Alabama. Program. I think he's super cerebral at the position. The problem is his durability. And he comes in oh, 203 pounds, I think. So, like, he's put on weight. But that doesn't get you away from the fact that 250 pounds of muscle is going to flatten him repeatedly. But, but how much time has he missed at Alabama? Not much. 
But he missed one start. Yeah. And there were weeks he didn't practice. He had a sore non-throwing shoulder. But that dude put out week after week for Alabama. I agree. He didn't miss game time. There were five to seven. I think it was five times that he missed a whole week of practice leading up to a game and then played and they won. So he's a gamer, but you can't regularly do that in the league and be successful. And by the way, I think C.J. Stroud's the first quarterback off the board. I mean, this this weird, this Will Levis thing. This Did you guys hear about Will, Will Levis? Dudes, it, it's odd. Right, we'll talk about Will Levis after we tell you about the bacon, double bacon cheddar pizza. I'm out. Fresh out of Papa Murphy's Kitchen, the limited time double bacon cheddar pizza. Uh, actually, it's fresh out of my oven. Dad, it's just an expression. <sighs> Mozzarella, crispy bacon, and Canadian bacon with nacho cheddar cheese sauce. Now that is an expression. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. In my oven. Order now at papamurphys.com. Yep, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to save 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show, which is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, hey, if you're here in Utah, you know, the the guys at The Advocates have supported this show for 10 years. I have known Matt Driggs for a lot, a lot of years. They're really good people at The Advocates. I love partnering with them because they care about the community. Their blood drive is going on today. Um, They do things like blood drives with the Red Cross for no profit of their own. Like it doesn't bring them new money, but it gives back to the community. That's what I love about the advocates. They're community focused. And if you're sitting here today asking yourself, you know, I got that accident on Sunday because that guy was ran that light. My insurance company, man, should I call a lawyer? Yes. If you're sitting here contemplating Hey, if that guy who hit me because he was driving distracted, hey, he was speeding, hey, he ran a red light, you didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve to get in that accident. You do deserve somebody to fight for you. You deserve an advocate. Get to theadvocates.com. You can chat on their website 24-7. Talk to a lawyer for free because they never charge you a consultation fee. In fact, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Real quick, uh, don't forget coming up here, Brian Lawler from uh, Script Sports is going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes on the program. Uh, we're going to talk. He is the president of Script Sports. Uh, he is somebody that was put in position to grow the business of sports on television throughout the Scripps uh, network. It's going to be interesting to talk to him because he's a guy that is in the middle of these conversations. He is talking about building a network of live sports action like play-by-play as it happens i think that's huge i want to talk to him about streaming i want to talk to him about how important is a mobile phone like how do you do business in a climate where you have certain companies that are going bankrupt others that are not going bankrupt but just canceling contracts with Mm -hmm. the utah jazz like how do you operate in that space effectively and how do you build a reputation and how do you get people to trust you when you have all of these landmines for for baseball teams and basketball teams and college football conferences out there, I think it's a fascinating conversation. It's about 10 minutes away right now. Uh, so stick around for that. Uh, Brian Lawler, president of Script Sports, will join us here in just a bit. But this Will Levis story that we were talking about over the weekend, did you guys see this story? Will Levis, the fine quarterback out of Kentucky, 
is scared of milk. How do you explain this? Do, um, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird, dude. Do you? I, I, and I'm not even being a jerk about this. Like, what is a turnoff to you if you're an NFL general manager? What is a turnoff to you? If you hear that a quarterback you want to draft is, quote, deathly afraid of milk. <coughs> like, what do you say to that cat? Hey, so is this milk thing... Did you have a bad experience on the teat? Or can you kind of walk me through that? Um, like, I don't know what you say to that guy. Would that stop you from drafting him? Uh, yeah, I'd have some questions for sure. I, 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 I don't know if it stops me from drafting him. That would be very situation specific, you know? But, like, I, it's weird. And I'm going to tell you right now, Milk is a big part of NFL franchises. I'm just I'm just telling you. Like it's a big deal. Shakes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever, dude. Like buddy is just weird and then you then you factor in that he doesn't peel the banana when he eats it. He just eats the rind. Like it's it's odd to me. Like this guy is just strange. I don't get it. And and again, I'm not judging him, but I certainly don't have to draft him. Watching the video of Will Levis, the quarterback at Kentucky eating a banana without peeling it. He just eats the whole, the peel, or what did you call it, um, the rind? The rind. Man, what the hell wrong with you? He didn't peel the, but he ate the banana and the, like he just took the banana and ate the whole thing. And by the way, it's a brown banana. No, tell me that I'm he a is, man. are you human? He must be an no, alien. No, he's an alien he from is planet an, Levis. Dude, it is, it's weird. But would this stop you from, would this stop you from... I mean, if I had access to Bryce Young, yeah, it'd stop me from drafting Will Levis. Now, I don't personally drink animal milk. I just, I don't. I think it's a marketing ploy. It's not necessary, in my opinion. Um, but if you're deathly afraid of milk... Saudi stooge. And then you, you walk in and you, I hand you a banana and you don't peel it. You just eat the banana and the peel. Dude, I'm out. I'm out. I'm ha I'm kicking I'm, your ass out. Yeah. You're not only I'm not only not drafting you. I'm kicking your ass out of the building. And I'll drop that motherfucker. Peace out, bro. We'll yeah. mail your shit to you. Yeah. You're out. You, you can drop back to Kentucky. <laughs> See you later, dude. Good luck in your finals because you're not coming dude, here. I just don't understand it. <gasps> I, I, like, dude, it's just weird, man. Scammer trolling says, "Finally, I'm glad someone is standing up to big milk. Oh, milk is one of the biggest scams in the world. You yeah. guys know that, right? Yeah. Animal milk is not necessary. Yeah." It's not. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. KW Spangler. Are we going to argue over milk now? What has happened to this show? KW Spangler says, big difference between not liking milk and being scared of milk. Totally. Totally. Teddy Wayman, member of the show, Tile King of Utah. Scared of milk, eats bananas with the peel on? Yeah, I'm definitely ain't drafting him. That's some voodoo crap. Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly right. Uh, Jaron Eccles says he's probably into soaking too. Tanner, <laughs> Tanner, Tanner, where's you, Tanner you know, Plummer? Do you know, buddy? Yeah, he's there right he there. Is. Yeah. There he is. Uh, Tanner, who's a member of the show, says he eats an unpeeled banana. So what? If he can ball, that's all that matters. No, bro, because you got this dude's got to fit into Dude, your locker room. I'm not having Buddy walk into the locker room in his jock strap while he eats an unpeeled banana. That's not happening, bro. It's not. Jeremy Callahan, would it stop me from drafting him? Hell no. It would encourage me to draft him. Fear the teeth. Dude. <laughs> Correct the mundo. Let's Bro. go. The hashtag, a new hashtag winner. Fear the teeth. Fear the teeth. My dude. I love it. Craig Thompson McCluskey. 
The mayor of Monty Town, by the way. Uh, you know how el- who else eats bananas without peeling them? Your one and only Alex F. Caruso. I've Sorry, heard that about him. By that. You know. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, not necessary. What delicious beverage is necessary? Milk is amazing. Oh, I cannot. They, I, now, I have had ice cream in the last five years. We're not talking about milk products. We're talking about milk. I don't think I could do it. I don't. If you handed me a glass of milk, I wouldn't be scared of it. I just don't think I could drink it's it. Gross, dude. I, I I don't. Tanner says this is literally the dumbest discussion ever. So not, in the not, history not of the figuratively, world, figuratively, literally. So is a hot dog a sandwich? Then maybe we should bump <laughs> up our discussions. Is a hot dog a sandwich, Tanner? Don't try me, bro. Don't try, me. <laughs> bro. Oh my god! But he's not wrong. Is this cereal is not, soup? Th- stop. This is not highbrow conversation, but it is an interesting point, though. This is what happens in interviews at the combine. Yeah. This is this is uh, now. Frankly, I'd rather have this than some other conversations. Thank you, Court McMullen. Everything is a sandwich. Damn right. Tanner is a hot dog a sandwich. Now that's a better discussion. See, like I'm here to please. Yeah, I know what time I, it is. I, I am here to please the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now you got to reciprocate because we've had 2,000 people watch the show and we only have a dollar or 158 likes. Let's go. Yeah. Those on, are rookie numbers. Pump Let's those go. numbers up. Let's go. Hit Let's the like go. button. All 340 of you appreciate that. Don't forget, coming up in five minutes, Brian Lawler from uh, Script Sports will join us. We're now having a hot dog versus sandwich. Dude. Uh, yes, hot dog is a sandwich. Thank you. Uh, Jacob DeLambo, a hot dog is a milkshake. Thank you. Um, milk is a sandwich. Thank you, Gumby. <laughs> milk is a sandwich. <laughs> ketchup is a thick smoothie. Jay, are you a ketchup guy? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not a, ke- I'm not really. What do you mean guy. you're not a ketchup guy? Dude, I, I, I have... swear to God, if we have a hot dog in spring training and you don't have ketchup on it, good chance I won't. Dude, come on. I will. I, a hot do- ketchup on hot dogs, good. Oh my God, just like that. Oh. Ketchup on tots, not so good. Ketchup yeah, on fries, I'm a, I'm not so good. I'm a ranch and barbecue guy for I'm tots. A, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor McCluskey says the dumbest conversation was whether you stand or sit to wipe your poop. Team lean, baby. Team stand. Team lean. Team, team squat. Dude, I can't, I still, that squat still is mind-boggling to me. Squat and pull, that baby. You're, you're a squat and pull guy. <laughs> no. Like what? See, Mayor McCluskey, we do have. We is it time? Maybe this is a new feature on the show. Yeah, the stupid conversation of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, (laughs) five o'clock. Time to have a stupid conversation. Gumby, now we're gonna start this. Team lean. That's right. Stop it. He's even got the. He's even got the sunglasses emoji. That's my guy right there. What's up, big bro? This show is unbelievable. Tanner says, who else is team stand? Are you team stand? Wait, Tanner's team stand? Tanner's team stand. Okay. Jeff Johnson says team lean. That's right. Teddy Wayman is (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. In all seriousness, you guys. I love you. I love doing this show every day because we just laugh sometimes. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, Brian Lawler, is, if he's watching the show, he's like, dude. Quote, um, squat and um, pull. You, you guys, uh, something else came up, man. You know I can't, uh, uh, you know, I can't make the show. Uh, my internet went out. You know. Yeah, the internet. Some other time never I'll be on. You yeah. know, we'll, we'll never reschedule. 
right? Okay. Like, no, man. Oh, stop. Gumby says leaner, stay cleaner. See what he did there? You got wow. time to lean. You got time to lean. You got time, time to, to clean. clean. You know. Yeah. You know. Um, McKinley <laughs> Cutler says team lean all the way specifically to the left. <laughs> How the fuck else would you do this job? I don't know. Uh, Monty goes back to front. Uh, no! no! Dude! Stop it! Dude! Why would you? Oh, my God. That is terrible. No. Bro. Nobody. Nobody does that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Control. You guys? You stop it. It's internal. <laughs> All right. Brian Lawler from Script Sports is going to join us in like three minutes. Um, let's, um, how important is streaming to you guys? Um, I, I think it's critically important. I think it is, I think it is the beginning and the end. Jake, how important is streaming to you? Yeah, I think streaming is, uh, streaming from the standpoint of sports, I think it's crucial. I, I think, you know, obviously it's a pretty straightforward concept that we all want sports on, on our phone, but I think that, you know, being able to get it when I want it, like in the moment, cause, cause that's really for me what it is like. Like, I may not wake up tomorrow and be like, damn, like, I got to catch, you know, Matsuyama at the Masters in his first round on T-hole six, right? Like, that's not what I'm thinking about with something like the Masters or, or, or you know, college football, let's say. Like, like there's a lot of college football games where I'm like, yeah, you know, like, that's probably a second-half game for me. You know, I'm probably not going to get into that thing until 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Then I'll flip it on and get into it and, like, really right. be about it. And there are some times where 10 minutes in the third quarter, 10 minutes left in the third quarter, I'm at Harmon's or I'm at I'm, – I'm driving somewhere or I'm doing something. But I want to be able to pick up my iPhone, open the ESPN app, and get it. And right now you can't. I think it's critical because – I'm a big believer in meeting your clientele where they want to be met. I think if if you're somebody that's that's broadcasting a game and this is something that both the Big 12, frankly, and more to the point, the Pac-12 have really struggled with is getting their product in front of their prime viewer. I think it's critically important that when you have a game and you have money in those games and and you have partners and sponsors and you have teams and universities that are counting on that that ad money to fund their sports programs you have to you have to win at a very high level and i think the issue is when you're not streaming i feel like you're not winning at the highest level now is it the only thing no are we ready for you know pac-12 to be all streaming probably not if we're being totally honest Probably not. The conversation we had about sports bars on this show last week, mm -hmm. I, I think is really important. But I think streaming has to be a part of everything you're doing. And if you are not streaming, if you are not using, you know, if you're a minor league sports team, I think you have to be using YouTube. I think if you are a, a college football conference, I think you have to be using mobile apps. I think you have to be using web traffic. You have to be putting your video content all over streaming or, or all over social. If you're not using Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, like I don't know what you're trying to accomplish, but you're not doing your best. I think it all goes back to this this term that we all used to use like 10 years ago, guerrilla marketing. Well, I remember that term where you would you would just like hit the streets and like hand out pieces of paper and like you would just get to as many people as you possibly could get to. That I feel like is what streaming is now because you don't you don't have to pay like this has been my main point on the Pac-12 for for two weeks now. 
The Pac-12 doesn't need to go to market to do this. They simply don't have to. They want to. They think that they can't get it done because they've already technically tried on Pac-12 networks, but I think they don't need to do that. Yeah, I just, I'm a huge believer in reaching your customer where they want to be reached. I think if somebody wants to watch a game on their phone, you got to be able to reach them there. And I think that's been the major struggle of somebody like the Pac-12. All right, without further ado, uh, Brian Lawler, the president of Script Sports, joins us. Um, well, wait, hang on. Hey, guys. We'll go. Hey, see, How we're all it? like, it looks good now and stuff. <laughs> Brian, welcome to the show. How are you, man? I'm good. I came in and you were saying, uh, talking about reach. I couldn't yeah, agree he... more. It really helps when people can actually find you. <laughs> well, but you know, the funny thing is about a guy like you, I think right now you guys are that, that new hip cat on the block, right? Like you guys are something I think scripts, obviously I've worked in broadcasting for 30 years. I know what scripts is, right? EW scripts, like it's a big brand. What are you guys about right now? Why are you, why is script sports a thing? Yeah, look, I think it's a unique moment in time. To your point, we're a 144 year old media company. So we've been around a long time. We, you know, really are known as one of the highest quality journalism companies in America. But we're all about serving local communities. And, um, you know, I think as we look at where people are at now relative to, um, you know, the way they engage with uh, media and television, you know, a lot of our business is, you know, owning 61 local TV stations. We own some national networks. And hands down, the most powerful content on television today is, is live sports. So 95%, 95 of the top 100 shows on television last year were live sports. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, as we look at the, you know, where people are spending their time and where advertisers are putting their money, it's all around live sports. And we have, you know, a great footprint nationally and locally, uh, you know, and that footprint is not tucked behind a paywall. It's not cable and satellite only. I mean, we are, you know, it goes back to when we grew up, right? I grew up in New York and, you know, my, the Mets, the Yankees were, were free over the air broadcast and, you know, and everyone could see it. And to the point you were making just when I dialed in talking about reach, like that is the biggest problem right now facing teams. And, you know, when they, you know, did their last distribution deals, in many cases, those were eight, 10, 12 years ago, they, you know, signed a contract with a regional sports network and those regional sports networks are reaching 80% of the markets because cable and satellite was in its heyday. Well, now look at all the cord cutting and the cord nevers that have developed in, you know, the last decade or so. And so instead of reaching 80% of your customers, there are teams that we're talking to that their product is visible to 30 or 40% of their market. And so imagine owning a major league baseball team or an NBA team and only 30% of all the households in your viewing area can see a product. You, you know, you got a, you got a giant business problem there. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, what local broadcasters can step back in now. You know, we've got to have real honest conversations with these teams about the economics because, you know, the, the other side that what's been built for the last decade has been built on, okay, I'm a team. I sell my rights to a regional sports net. And basically they just turn around and sell those rights right to cable and satellite. They get a cut in the middle and that money goes back and forth. Well, we don't have that same opportunity in many cases. We're already getting paid by them, but we're not going to get that giant bump that the sports networks did. And so there is a, 
you know, kind of an economic reset that needs to happen with the teams. Um, but the conversations with them are, hey, you know, you can get a nice paycheck and cash it, and that feels good. But when you're only yeah. reaching 30% of your audience, what's that doing to tickets, suite sales, merchandise, sports betting? Like all of those are ways that teams make money. And so maybe it's all right. You know, I reset. I get now instead of reaching 30 percent of the households in the market, I go back to broadcast. I can reach 100 percent of all the households in the market. Suddenly people are flipping channels and oh, there's my product where they normally couldn't see it. And now, hey, you know, a 12 year old, you know, the Rockies, right, or, or, you know, pick a team. But, you know, the Rockies come out of spring training. They got some new rookie. The rookie hits eight home runs in the first 12 games. All the 12-year-old boys are talking about it in school, right? Kid yeah. comes home. Well, he can't see the game. You know, imagine if he can come home. He's flipping channels. There's the game. It's, you know, they're in the sixth inning of a 2-2 game. And, you know, now they watch this uh, rookie come up. He hits another home run. Now this 12-year-old's buzzing about it. He's back talking about the kids in school. What is he doing? Two weeks later, he's going, hey, Dad, this weekend, can we go to a Rockies game? Yeah. Right? And then, you know, and suddenly they go out. Now they're buying tickets. They buy a couple of Rockies T-shirts. And now he's watching more games. Like, you're completely missing that opportunity now with the way the business model is. And so I think it's just a time for a reset. And uh, we're sort of going back to, you know, the basics. But, you know, we still got these giant over-the-air broadcast signals. We're distributed on cable, on satellite, on over-the-air, uh, on OTT channels and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a, a really good opportunity and a moment in time for a reset with many of the professional sports teams. Brian Lawler, president of uh, Script Sports, joins us on the Monty Show. Brian, let me ask you directly. There were a lot of rumors that came out a couple of weeks ago, or I guess last week, that uh, Ion Script Sports was talking to the Pac-12 about doing a deal. Um, do you care to comment on that? Uh, we're not going to have a deal. We're not going to be in the, you know, the primary uh, distribution of Pac-12. So I think that story got a little ahead of itself. Um, <laughs> a little? Yeah. A lot ahead of itself. So. <laughs> right. And I, but I think what's interesting about that is when, when you look at, you know, like I, I immediately lit up when I saw the MSG streaming deal, because I'm a big believer in streaming. You talk about growing yeah. up in New York. I grew up in Chicago watching the Cubs on WGN. I yeah. was that kid that when Andre Dawson became a Chicago mm -hmm. Cub, I lost my mind, man. I had a wiffle ball bat in my hands trying to emulate his swing. Like that brings me back to my childhood. I look at now kids and cell phones and I look at this deal that MSG did where they're going to stream the Rangers and the Knicks and for some reason the Islanders because there are no Islander fans, but that's not the point. The point I'm is a huge that Islander fan. You I'm know, like, like, but I thought Islander that was a game-changing deal. Yep. No, I, look, I think that's one of the interesting things now is in this moment of time, we also, and I'm just talking about scripts, like I don't think it has to be either or. I think really what teams should be thinking about is both. And we're having that conversation with them. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, like cable and satellite, all they wanted to do was protect. You can't, the only place you can get it, we're gonna pay a lot of money, but the only place you can get it is cable and satellite. And so now they're missing 70% of the audience. You look at the Major League Soccer's deal with Apple. Well, the, yeah. you know, that's a, a, a lucrative deal, but it's tucked behind a paywall and you're gonna miss anybody who is not a dead loyal fan who's willing to pay what is it, 89 or 99 bucks a season? Yeah. They're never going to be in front of them. I actually think the answer is both. You know, we should be talking and we are talking with folks and saying, all right, look, let's look at the reach. 
to your point earlier, right? It's all about, let's get your product out in front of everyone. And then let's also talk about, let's create a direct-to-consumer product together that we're going to broadcast the games and, you know, all of them or most of them will be available over the air. Let's create some unique content, maybe some secondary audio streams, some unique, I mean, think of like the Manning cast. There's places now in states where sports betting is legal, where they have a secondary audio stream or even video stream that's putting a lot of data and stats around sports betting. Like you can create such unique personalized engagement that somebody will pay, you know, 12 bucks a month for that. In addition to, you know, being able to watch it over the air. So I think it, sh- it doesn't need to be either or. I think there's an opportunity to really engage fans where you get the, the, you know, put the product out there, let everyone see it, build a big audience, and then own the fan, own the data on the fan and that customer experience. And in that direct-to-consumer, you create all those secondary streams, but there you can do merchandising, there you can, you know, do ticket sales or, or sports betting, and there's all these new revenue streams. And when you are controlling all the data and the customer experience down there, I think there's all new revenue streams that ultimately the teams get whole, but suddenly their reach and visibility is so much greater. But why, why do you guys, this is a crazy question. I admit it. Why now? Why the appetite now to get involved? Like it's terrifying to me. You know, he, you know, it, obviously we talk to a lot of Utah jazz fans. We talk to a lot of baseball fans and we hear about what's going on with Bally's and, I think, you know, AT&T Sportsnet is in this crazy position because they're still trying to keep rights of NBA teams, but they're cutting the Utah Jazz. You know, on March 31st, the Jazz potentially won't be on AT&T Sportsnet, even though it's their solutions. But it seems like such a tough economy and such a tough marketplace to break into being partners with professional teams on on their media rights. Why now is it a good time for you guys to get involved in this? So two things. Number one, you know, the moment in time, what, the acceleration of cord cutting and the fact that cable and satellite subscriptions are down below 50 percent in almost every market. And so it has just been building to this for us. You know, we've been watching it happen and, and you know, sort of guiding where teams and leagues contracts are expiring. And that moment is starting you know, now and will over the next couple of years. So we sort of picked our moment having talked to teams, leagues, you know, and others over the last year or two, we saw this building and it just kept accelerating. So, you know, I think um, it was just a moment in time. And then, you know, the other question that you're asking is fair is the economics and how do you afford it? And I think it's just, again, the moment in time allows for a reset. We don't have any desire to walk in and be the white knight that just pays the, the teams the same money they were paid in the past. And then just get that all we get to do is distribute and that's it. Like, and, you know, we want to come in, let's build businesses, let's create a, a unique partnership that's almost like joining two media companies. Because let's face it, you know, a, a, you know, these teams, they have content, they have revenue, you know, a, a, they have celebrities, they're a content company, right? And yeah. they have massive revenue. We're a content revenue, a, a content company and with significant revenue. We have customers, we have advertisers, they have customers, they have advertisers. We're both creating content. Theirs is sports, ours is sports, news, entertainment. But let's bring it all together. Let's reset what a relationship looks like. Let's create a direct-to-consumer product together, not competing against each other. But let's, let's own you know, let's own the customer at the top and reach together. Let's own and build a business at the bottom together. And so the economics don't have to be what they were because they really don't work for traditional media companies in the old model. 
But in the new model, rethinking it, I think everyone makes more money. Do you, is it simply, as we visit with Brian Lawler, uh, the president at Script Sports here on the Monte Show, is it strictly something that is, hey, you know, the game itself? Do you envision you guys getting into, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, the mic'd up stuff, the drive to survive, the full swing? Like, I just found full swing on Netflix and I can't let yeah. it go. Like, I am yeah. all into that show. Do you guys ever see yourselves as an entertainment company? Um, do you guys see yourselves doing that that unique one-off content? I think definitely. Look, I think, you know, the mic'd up, the, you know, the stuff in the huddles, the stuff, you know, pregame in the locker rooms. Fans want to see that stuff. They want more transparency and, and visibility. And, you know, I got a 20-year-old son. I got an 18-year-old daughter. They're both sports nuts. They consume so much sports content, but it's not traditional. And the stuff that they're seeing from what's happening in the locker rooms and what the players are doing, like, that stuff's amazing. We've got to get that to a bigger profile because it's going to engage older audiences and younger audiences. So I think we need to do that. And then I think at the end of the day, um, we'll definitely get into some of that shoulder programming and documentaries and other content. It's really, really engaging for us. It's just, you know, I want to find out first what sports we're going to, uh, you know, get deals done with. So then I can understand what I should be, you know, looking to kind of wrap around it. What are you a, uh, so you're a New Yorker. What are you a fan of? Cause I'm hoping, are you a Ranger fan? Oh, hell no. Oh, okay, good. I'm good an Islander I hope you're fan. not an Islander fan after <laughs> what I said about the Islanders. But yeah. What are you a fan of? Um, look, I, a big football fan, college pro. Um, I'm a big hockey fan. I am an Islander fan. I live oh, in wow. Cincinnati, which is where the company's based, but I subscribe to the, you know, the NFL package, uh, the NHL package, and, and watch a lot of Islanders. You got to understand, the four years that I was in high school were the four years the Islanders won the cup. So there's oh, no. That's awesome. I mean, it, it was an unbelievable time. Um, you know, but I, look, I think more than anything, you know, working in this company for a long time, I ran all of our television station business for a long time. What I love is stories and I love passion. Um, you know, the Hello. college basketball tournament starting now. I was out this weekend in Boise at the Big Sky Conference tournament and watching, you know, even the seven and eight seed females sitting at the court and watching that. I just, you know, I love watching people compete. I love sports. Um you know, as part of our Big Sky uh, contract, I, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I was out at the Montana, Montana State football game. Man, you want to talk about an unbelievable rivalry. You want to talk about community. In the five biggest markets in Montana, the television ratings for the Montana, Montana State football game were as big as and even bigger than the Super Bowl. I wow. mean, wow. That's you know, awesome. By the way, I don't, you great. probably didn't even recognize Boise. How about that town? Man, like that is a different, Boise. you want to talk about, this is the interesting thing, you know, not to belabor the point or talk you're off, but you talk about Montana, you talk about Idaho, you talk about, you know, Gonzaga basketball is in a really interesting yep. place. And that geography has completely exploded. Boise is a completely different place than it's ever been. It is. And it's a great town and it's a great sports town. Um, perfect host, by the way, for the big sky. And, and, you know, by the way, you guys are, you know, in Utah on Saturday, I had the opportunity to go to one of the largest esports college collegiate esports competitions. So oh, wow. they have four regional, you know, esport competitions that feed to a national, 
championship and the Utes were there. And so I got to watch the Utes compete. But, you know, here's the University of Arizona. You're looking at UCLA. It was unbelievable. It blew my mind that, you know, these are kids that they, you know, it's not how I grew up thinking about an athlete. These kids are on full scholarships. They train like crazy. They're on eating regiments and, and watching literally, you know, 30 teams with all their athletes, you know, competing yeah. in this way. It was an unbelievable event. And so you ask me what it excites me, like just seeing this competition, I don't understand Overwatch. And I didn't know what the heck they were doing on the screen, <laughs> but the competition, the passion, the chanting, I mean, it felt like, you know, a college football game in a totally different environment. And so yeah. I, I think sports has a unique way of connecting people, creating passion, energy, bringing communities together, creating celebrations um, and that's what I love. And this is a really neat moment in time for us to bring that back so that it's not tucked behind a paywall, but the entire community can celebrate when the Utes gymnastics team, right, is in, you know, the NCAAs. Everyone should be able to watch that. You shouldn't yeah. have to have a paid subscription and, you know, only 30 percent of people could see that. Those are incredible student athletes. They should be celebrated and people need to see them. Wow, that's awesome. Brian, really good to see you, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, best Anytime. of luck. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, let's do that. Continue. Thanks. There you go. Brian Lawler, president at Script Sports. Really good dude. Like, I told you guys he was going to be a great conversation. He is mm -hmm. a guy that I'm telling you they are in a very unique place because they view, they view sports very differently than your Amazon Primes or your, you know, the, the, the all or nothings. How interesting is it to hear him say it doesn't have to be one or the other? but a, a mix of both. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it just tells you that there doesn't have to be this hard, fast attitude or this, this staunch, we have to do it this way. I think that's where leagues like the Pac-12 get in trouble with the Pac-12 networks. Yeah, well, I think that the, the real meat of that concept is the turning of the tide towards streaming. I mean, you, you heard what he said. I mean, you heard that cable cutting is, you know, has the cable industry subscriptions down under 50%. And I think that's a great point by him. And I think, you know, when you look at, you know, conceptually, like how people are really consuming content, like it's clearly heading in the direction of streaming. But I don't yes. think that means that, you know, uh, a script sports or, you know, a, you know, whatever company you want to look at can't still have a really pretty sizable portion of the pie. And, and, and I think that, you know, the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is not in the position it's in because there's a lack of options. The Pac-12 is in the position it's in because they didn't act quick enough and they weren't prepared. Yeah, and, I and I think they're paying that price. And I think, you know, I, I look at a company like Scripps and I say, you know, they're in a they're in an enviable position, honestly, because they're looking at the market and they're saying, okay, there's a lot of uh, desirable product out there that we would love to be you know, the home of, the distribution home of, we just got to go out and find one. And it sounds to me, based on what he was saying, that they're kind of in that process. I mean, you, you heard what he said. You would ask him about, hey, that behind-the-scenes stuff, the mic'd-up stuff, the in-the-huddle stuff. What was his answer? Well, we got to figure out who we're going to partner with and who we're going to distribute, and then based off who we're going to distribute, then we'll go and make that content. So I love hearing that it's on their mind. There's just a process that has to play out. Yeah, I, I think it's imperative. And that what's exciting to me about guys like Brian is they're not stuck in one way of thinking. And I don't mean to be redundant, but when you have a guy that can see all sides of things, that's what the Pac-12 needs. You need to survive. The Pac-12 is going to have to get 
way out of its comfort zone. To survive, the Pac-12 is going to have to do some unpopular things, both in, in you know internally unpopular and externally unpopular with yeah. its fans. Yeah. You're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable for you if you want to survive. I think that is critically important. I just... I cannot stress enough to you guys that you you just you have to think outside the box because if you don't think outside the box, I'm telling you, you're going to make the same mistakes you've always made. You're going to do the same things you've always done, and that's going to get you the same place you've always been. And it's it's to hear Brian Lawler from Script Sports say, hey, we're not doing it the same way they've always done it, where you pay some huge sum up front and distribu distributions fees and I love that because it's outside the box. It's how we grow. Yeah, That's what's exciting to me. Um, the Monty Show presented by Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. If you're in Utah, make sure you stop by any of their five locations in Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and, of course, our friends in Murray uh, on State Street across from the mall. Anytime you hear the words Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Think about the best equipment in the barbecue business. All the rubs, the spices, the sauces, the Traeger the big green egg, the Yoder smoker, all of the best equipment, all of the best ingredients, and also the best people. That's what we love about Barbecue Pit Stop. Those guys just know everything. There's not a question they haven't been asked. So, you know, we were, my wife made me these incredible, incredible pork chops yesterday. Now I'm old, so I had to get a shingles vaccine. So I didn't feel great yesterday, right? She made me these Parmesan crusted pork chops. And you know what she asked me, Jake? You'd have been proud. Hey, do I need to let these rest? Damn. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, I found my queen. Hey, do I need to let these rest? Boom. They were so good. But where did we learn about resting? We learned about resting at Barbecue Pit Stop. Hey, do I, how long do I need to let my brisket rest? And you know the best part? You can get on their website, bbqpitstop.com, and you can chat with them right on their website. Hey, how long do I need to let this pork chop rest? Hey, is Asado seasoning from Flavor Knuckles? Monty says it's the best seasoning in the world. Is that really true? You can buy it online. Shop online, bbqpitstop.com, or get to five of any of their five Utah locations. Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray. Let's get your comments in here. What'd you guys think of Brian Lawler? Uh, Gary says, I'm all in on streaming, still five years away from being dominant. Okay, I'm with you on that. Uh, T. Lawrence Gragston says, East Coast guy working out of the Midwest could save West Coast pack. <laughs> yeah, but he was pretty uh, unequivocal. They're not involved in the, in the Pac-12. Yeah, that was pretty straightforward. Yeah, he, they, there was not a lot of uh, room for... Didn't need to interpret that much. Uh, T. Lawrence also says, right, Jim, go, uh, just go Ion and stream. Brian sounds like a Big 12 commish. Brian Lawler, Cincinnati, hey. Yeah, he's in Cincinnati. How about that? You know, I love it. Uh, Jim Choi says, Pack might be better off with scripts. Well, the question is who you know. I mean, he pretty well shot that down. I yeah, mean, I think not, so. Yeah. DWE, I'm a KC Royals fan. Bally's has been a disaster. Well, the hard part is, is that they got in so deep financially. I just don't know that there was a way for them ever to succeed. Mm -hmm. And when you come in and you, you take on the debt they did and the rights fees, and I mean, it's almost impossible to ever be profitable on that. And if you guys don't know Bally's broadcasts, you know, like in Arizona, they're the sons in the, in the D-backs or like across the country, they have a massive reach with sports teams. 
but now they're bankrupt and they're going through bankruptcy um, or about to anyways, and there's a chance that they're out of business. So the NBA and Major League Baseball are trying to find alternatives for this season, like tomorrow. Yeah. They're trying to figure out, hey, when Bally's goes out of business, what are we going to do? It's a really frustrating and sad thing for sports fans. Yeah. Uh, Tanner said, hey, have you guys decided what time your birthday bash will be? Yeah, it's 6 o'clock. I think we have to lay those details out for people. I think we do, because clearly we have not done a good enough job doing that. Uh, Travis Clement Smith says, is the Yormark angle for decoupling basketball the ability to sell overseas markets? Gonzaga has been big on foreign players for a while. He has hinted that basketball is more international. I think what, what he is saying there is that you have an opportunity to make more money globally, yeah, domestically, internationally, all across the globe. And you, you have to take advantage of that. And I think the other thing that's very clear is Fox is all in. Fox Sports is all in on college basketball. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Big 12 deal, I think, what is it, 63% or something like that is mm -hmm. owned by Fox Sports, college basketball in the Big 12. You look at the fact that, you know, sources have told us that Fox Sports is willing to pay more money to bring Gonzaga into the Big 12. I think that's the single biggest factor in why Gonzaga will wind up in the Big 12. I think because Fox wants him in the Big 12. Gonzaga. And I think if Fox wants you in the Big 12 and they're willing to kick down more money for that, I think you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. I think Fox sees very little value in Pac-12 basketball right now, which is why they're out on the Pac-12 altogether, reportedly. Because it's garbage. I just think it makes all the sense in the world to split basketball and football because you can do different distribution deals that will make you more money. Yeah. That's the biggest deal. And I also think the non-conference matchmaking is a big deal. I think it is a, it is a, it is a very big deal um, that you have to be able to monetize your sports and your, your membership just as much as you can. Yeah. Um, boy, this is a, a little bit of breaking news. Um, Sham Sharania from The Athletic and Stadium um, says details on a recent players-only meeting where veterans pushed for better discipline on the road for the Memphis Grizzlies related to John Morant. This story is not getting better. And mm -hmm. we're going to do this in 18 minutes. We're going to uh, shift to uh, NBA. Uh, but this John Morant story is terrifying. Yeah, it's deep. And he's looking at a 50-game suspension by the NBA. We'll talk about that coming up here in about 18 <laughs> minutes uh, after football at 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, I love the idea of splitting basketball and football. Love, love, love that. Uh, DWE says, I've heard that your mark has positioned the idea of the Big 12 playing exhibition games in Europe, especially for basketball. Yeah. Especially, there, although I will say there has been an I there has been a... A lot of people have talked about a, an all-star team of college baseball players traveling internationally to play some games, which I think is interesting because college baseball is a bit bigger of a venture than people think. Uh -huh. And I think there's absolute, there's, I'm just, all of this stuff makes money. Yeah. All of this stuff makes money. It's content. And, and what did Brian Lawler from Scripps tell us? What I always say, what are the Utah Jazz? Well, they're a basketball team. No, no, friends. They're a content creation company that happens to create content on basketball. Right. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time. We consult certain people, and 
the first thing I always say is everything that you do, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Okay, well, how are we going to get that on tape? How are we going to record that? How are we going to put that on video? Yeah. Like everything you do has to be with the thought of, okay, well, how can I put that on video? Mm -hmm. And the people that are successful live in that mindset. The people who are not do not live in that mindset. Yeah. And it costs them money all the time. And it's one of those things that's really difficult to execute unless you have everybody on board. Why is the Big 12 thriving right now? Or I think on the verge of thriving. Right. If, they, if they're able to get Gonzaga, I think that's a huge step forward. Thanks. And then if the Pac-12 can't keep themselves together and let's say the Four Corner School, whatever that might be, if that all happens, why, why are they able to do that? Because they are unified behind Brett Yormark. And Brett Yormark has their position to go out and, and exercise his best judgment for what's best in the conference. You're all pulling in the same direction. I'm just telling, that's why when people asked us over the weekend, hey, how does this work on Gonzaga basketball? It's pretty straightforward. Brett Yormark is having conversations and people related to him are using their relationships and back channels to pave the roadway. That's what we hey talked guys. about with Tom Homo on Friday. Yeah, We were told point blank that Tom Homo has worked with Utah to try and create a pathway to get Utah into the Big 12. <laughs> if, if the Pac-12 collapses... BYU is going to be one of the reasons that Utah winds up in the Big 12. Yep. And you know what? I, I That's exactly how you should be doing business, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely so, agree. I, I think that the stuff behind the scenes is what is what we all want, and I think we can't get it right now, but I think you need to understand that it's happening. Yeah. Uh, SA says, the interview reminded me of when Las Vegas marked itself as a family destination. It didn't work. What do you mean what by is, that? Yeah, what does that mean? What dude? does that mean? Yeah. Uh, Gage Carter says, I hope the Jazz win on Saturday because I'll be there. That's right. They're in Charlotte. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Yeah, thank you for the four ninety nine tip, Gage. Hope you're uh hope you're selling cars like hotcakes. Uh Big Jack five twelve says tournaments, hoops and baseball. Okay. That's cool. Jeremy Callahan says if that all happens, the next target might be biggie schools like Creighton and Villanova. Jeremy Callahan also says Creighton might be a doable flip. Yeah, but what are you going to get paid for? What are you going to get paid for that? You know, like that's that's what I think is interesting. Yeah. Um I just I think we try so hard to fit people in 9 times out of 10 you go with the comfortable fit. Especially in these expansion talks. Mm -hmm. Again, like I'll just go to West Virginia in the Big 12. West Virginia has no business in the Big 12. Nebraska has no business in the Big 10. But why are they there? It's all money, dude. Nebraska is in the Big Ten for the money. Yeah. Period. End of story. And I, rightly or wrongly, that's why they're in the conference. I just, I don't even know that it's. But I think every conference has those bottom dwellers that are just, just there for a paycheck. You know, like it's just, it's, it's the nature of the beast. And I think, you know, as we continue to work towards a two conference setup, you're going to, that, that situation is just going to get amplified. I mean, that's just going to continue to grow. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know why it wouldn't, you know, I think when you, when you look at. I think relationships make the world go round, man. I, I know that that is well, it's a cheesy, cliche. Man. It's or, yeah, cliche, I know. I know. know. I know it's cheesy as hell, but <laughs> I, I, I feel very strongly that relationships make the world go round. Yeah. And George Klyovkov does not have them. Facts. And that's the thing that's scary is he doesn't, it, from, from, in my opinion, he does not have relationships with his presidents. He does not have relationships around his presidents. 
He does not have relationships geographically um, across the country to help him leverage and grow. I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. I think it is. It, I think it is absolutely a huge well, and problem. Especially as, as a commissioner of a conference. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're the point man. You're supposed to be the guy that's like shepherding the business, you know? And, and that's why it's so interesting. Like you start comparing commissioners and like, especially when you compare Larry Scott to what George Klyavkov has done and how cl- closely like, or how, you know, the parallels between those two and their struggles. Like, yes. it's just amazing. You know, you start digging in the Pac-12, you start to understand that educational people trying to do sports is a is a recipe for a disaster. And that's, to me, that's the funny thing. Isn't the essence of having a commissioner so that you don't have to do commissioner-type things? A like, commissioner isn't that the point? you trust. Yeah. A commissioner you trust. Brett Yormark has earned the respect which earned him trust, and he is executed. Y'all feel and me? And I think that's why he's able to operate with autonomy. Whereas we hear every day from sources that tell us George Klyavkov has to ask permission to be team lean or team squat. They texted. Okay, I'll stop. But you get my point. Yeah. He does not have full autonomy with his his membership. Um, if he did, I'm certain he would go to buckedup.com and use the promo code Monty to get 20% off of his purchase at buckedup.com. Thanks. I'm telling you, this is the single greatest shaker you will ever have. You can get it right now at buckedup.com. Uh, click the link in the description below. You get three free samples and a bucked up shaker. Super easy, awesome stuff. All you have to do is click the link for the free samples below. Now that's good online only, as is the Monty pro, uh, promo code to get you 20% off at buckedup.com. But the free samples are right there. You click the link, you pick your samples, and then you pick the color of the uh, shaker cup that you want. And I brought this shaker cup in today. You guys are going to think I'm crazy yeah. for doing this. I'm undoing my okay, shaker cup, right? Okay, it's time for science class. Let's Damn. try not to drip everywhere. Look at that. You guys, this is what I want to show you. Yeah. Is that this top is is what I always talk about. Like, do you see how those, those blender balls are attached to this post? Yes. It's revolutionary. It's technology in science in oh, fabrication. Uh, you know what I love about this? I love that these these this one blender mechanism, because you can't call it a blender ball, this one mechanism doesn't fall off and go down my garbage disposal. It doesn't wind up in the bottom of my dishwasher. It's easy to use. And by the way, it mixes the heck out of your drink, which yes. I love. Yes. I love the peach ring BCAs uh, that I drink from Bucked Up. They're awesome. Get this. Don't take my word for it. Go and get it for free. The Bucked Up Shaker. Three Bucked Up samples free in the link below. How about that? I would get the pre-workout. If you're a workout guy, I love how smooth their pre-workout is. I'm what a, do you bench? I'm a huge fan. Probably 225 right now. Try not to lift heavy. Do but the you point is, lift? use it. It's super easy. BuckedUp.com. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off your purchase or click the link for the free samples below. Um, always trying to hook you guys up. You know that the Big Five O birthday bash with Brant Keithy and Max Tooley this weekend is presented by Bucked Up, and as always, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza, who bring you football at 50. 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in football. It's all about quarterbacks. Don't forget, coming up here in about eight minutes, we'll get you uh, NBA talk. We got to talk about John Morant now. Got to talk about John Morant coming up in eight minutes. 
What do you guys make of this Derek Carr deal? Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. So as all 327 of you contemplate Derek Carr's awesomeness yes. in New Orleans, hit the like button and ask yourself, what do you make of what the Las Vegas Raiders do now? Because they tagged Josh Jacobs today. Absolutely the right move. There's no question. I think Josh is one of the most undervalued running backs in the NFL. But now they need a quarterback. If you're the Raiders, Jake, are you trying to get Aaron Rodgers? Are you in on Jimmy Garoppolo? Where do you go at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you're in this situation where, yeah, you, you are trying to get those two guys. I think if if the Ravens uh, rock the non-exclusive uh, tag with Lamar, which is what I would do, I would definitely be in on Lamar. And not because I think he's the best option, but because I think that he's one of the best options on the market currently you know I, like if he is available again assuming they go with non-exclusive versus exclusive because if they you know use the exclusive tag you can't go after him so to me if it's a non-exclusive situation yeah if i'm the raiders i'm going after lamar i'm making an offer uh, to me i think that that the raiders are are in a position where you're effing around and now you're going to find out you didn't want to pay Derek you know you didn't want to extend him you didn't want to work it out so now you get the great joy and journey and venture of trying to replace a guy like Derek Carr and again I'm not saying Derek Carr is the best thing since sliced bread but what I am saying is he's top half of the league and that's not to be just assumed or taken for granted and for me I, I look around the league and, and you start to see that that you know you you've got the geno smiths of the world getting you know extensions now you've got you know aaron Rodgers is going to get 60 milli this year like i think that you have to start to understand that you got to pay these guys more money than you used to have to pay guys and that's why if i'm the raiders i struggle with this because raider fan will tell you Derek carr is trash I'm here to tell you he's top half of the league, and that's better than a lot of situations but that teams are in. I also think if you're the Raiders, you have Josh McDaniels as your offensive coordinator. How do you not target Mac Jones? I would be targeting Mac Jones. Yeah. I mean, I'm all out on Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm done. I'm not doing that. I'm not interested in that. When I look at the AFC West, if you don't have a quarterback in that league, you're dead in the water. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you, I don't know what you make of, of Russell Wilson in, in Denver, but you've got Justin Hebert, the sex machine. Like That division is loaded. Geno Smith, by the way, in the AFC or in the NFC West today, looks like he's really close on a three-year deal with Seattle. you got to have a quarterback, especially in the West. you got to have a quarterback. If you're the Las Vegas Raiders, I, and I'm Josh McDaniels. I'm going after Mac Jones. I want nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know that Jimmy G is going to miss half the game. Yeah. So if you're the Raiders in the – and I'll even go to the Jets on this. If you're the Raiders in the Jets, your number one is going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? No doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm the Raiders, my number two is Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make that deal because they're clearly not thrilled with Mac Jones. Now, yeah. granted, they completely you know, got their – heads out of their ass this year and fired their defensive offensive coordinator guys yeah and now you know you're you're moving in the right direction but i think you you have got to you've got to get it right with mac jones and i think mac jones would probably love a change of scenery and if i'm the raiders i'm in i'm a mac jones believer i know 
I know. I'm a Mac Jones believer. I might be the only one, but you can't tell me that that Jimmy Garoppolo is staying healthy. I don't buy it. Yeah. And the, just so we're all clear, the Geno thing is done, by the way. Oh, it is done. Yeah, three years, $105 million, Has the opportunity to make $52 million in his first year with incentives. So, you know, he's got his deal. Geno guy or not a Geno guy? Uh, I mean, he had a great I, year last year. He had a great year. year. I just, I like I just said, in an era where you're having to pay these guys more and more, my expectations go up. I'm a Geno guy. Until he implodes again, I'm a Geno guy. But yep. see, the, the West should be open. The Rams are, I think they've cut their entire roster today. Yeah. How about the Rams cutting Leonard Floyd? Yeah, he got balls, dude. Nine sacks. Yep. I think, what, three straight years, I think? This is what I mean about the leak, though. It's cutthroat. That's what I'm saying. Like, this question on Zeke, hey, what should they do with Zeke? Dude, cut well, him. Get, like, send I would him agree on, dude. That. I would agree with you on that. I think you have to cut Zeke. The problem is, I mean, he's probably going to have to be a post-June 1st cut right. so that you save more money, but that's going to hamper you in free agency. They just have so many more needs. They have so many guys that are free agents in Dallas. And like, it's Jera. Like, we all know what Jarrah's about. Yeah, it's circumcising Skeeters. Yeah. My point is... And sexual assault, but we my, won't talk about wow. that. Wow. My point is, allegedly, um, I just... I don't know. I, I think there are good fits and there are bad fits. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy... And again, this is just my opinion. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that should wind up in New York. I think he should be a Jet or he should be a Raider. Yeah. That's it. There's no other way to go. The other team that nobody's talking about, surprisingly, what is Tampa doing for a quarterback? They lost some guy who was pretty good. What is Tampa doing well, for a quarterback? Well, I thought that they were going to be in on, on Buddy, on Derek Carr, but that didn't happen. And by the way, he's still in your division. That's the problem. So for me... I, I don't know what you're doing. That, and, that, and that's why I say, once again, if I'm Tampa, like, if you're willing if you're willing to go after Tom, are you not willing to go and run after Aaron? Like, I know it's more money, uh, twice the money. Yeah. But if you're really that team, like, I don't know. I guess I just feel like you'd be willing to go get him. Yep. John Morant in two and a half minutes after we tell you about the meatball marinara. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Yeah, the meatball marinara banging, dude. I'm telling you. You can have them as their own meal. You can chop them up and put them on your pizza. The meatball marinara, highly underrated at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MATI25. To get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Jake, here's a question for you. Should John Morant be suspended for 50 games? Yeah, I mean, I think 50 games is is incredibly heavy, but I think it's the price of of doing business the way he's been doing business. I think it's a, it, it's definitely a difficult situation, you know? Ja is someone who's 23 years old. Ja is someone who you know, has been heralded as this great player and is someone who, you know, is is up and coming. He's he's one of the faces of the league, in my opinion. And and I'm not saying he's Giannis. I'm certainly not saying he's Luka, but I think he's in that second cut of guy that that's coming, like, like Ja Morant or Jalen Brown. You know, like, that's a legitimate question. But I think when you start digging into this gun violence stuff, like, 
it's kind of a fascinating story because it's it's kind of built. The snowball has kind of started rolling here where, you know, it comes out, you know, that he did the whole laser pointer drive-by. When I heard that, I was like, okay, like, this is some childish high school level stuff. Like, you know, this is kind of who Dylan Brooks and Ja are, you know, but I, I just, it kind of sat with me wrong. Then it comes out that, you know, he gets in this fight with this kid over pickup basketball, the 17-year-old kid over pickup basketball, goes in his house, walks back out of the house with a, with a handgun in his waistband and is, like, brandishing it and threatening to, like, shoot somebody. Then I was like, okay, these are some serious allegations. You know, I'm going to need to see if this actually happened or if this is just the kid kind of talking. And then, of course, we go one step further, and John ja Morant puts himself on video with a handgun on the road in a nightclub. And this is tough for me because I enjoy watching John ja Morant play basketball, but I don't enjoy it so much to the point where I'm going to sit here and defend this guy. This guy needs help. And I love what uh, Taylor Jenkins is talking about in his, in his media availability where, you know, he's saying, hey, like, you know, as an organization, accountability is is super important. Obviously, like there's this level of empathy. I agree with that. You have to you have to have some some empathy here for Job ja because he's making mistakes. He's young, and and obviously the mistakes he is making are are unacceptable. You cannot have uh you know Plaxico Burris vibes in the club where you're just waving a gun around. And we all remember the story where Plaxico shot himself in the leg. Like, I don't want that to happen to Ja. I don't want Ja to to tragically die in gang violence after he thought it was cool to flash the Crip sign. I don't want that to happen to this guy because he is a wonderful talent. The problem is, is now I don't get to just talk about how wonderful of a talent you are on the basketball floor and how your team is like the, the bad blood of the NBA. Now I got to talk about gun violence and gang signs, and that makes you a lot more unenjoyable so should he be suspended 50 games i think i we need to make sure all the evidence is in line but if it is true that he was carrying handguns on team planes and if it is true this story about this kid and getting in fights and stuff yeah i think that there's no way around a 50 game suspension when you've gone out and violated every rule that you can't violate that's yeah. the problem well and now the denver police department or some authorities in colorado um, are investigating Ja because they do have a open carry. Colorado's an open carry state, but it is illegal to have a gun when you are intoxicated. He was in a club with a gun. I just think you're in so many different layers of trouble here. Nike has come out and supported Ja Morant, which how I am not sure. But I look at this situation, and again, I, I just want to understand, like, where is T. Morant? All we hear about is T. Morant, his dad, fighting with Shannon Sharp, and where's T. Morant now? You know, like, you, you're, you're in a spot in the NBA where I'm not sure that they have a choice but to suspend you. Yeah. You took a team, you took a gun, likely, onto a team flight. And at the very least, here's the problem that he can't get away from, and Again, I don't know that the NBA can get away from this. The rule is you are not allowed to have firearms in any team activities, and that includes travel. That includes while you're on the road. That includes on your off days on the road. They were in Denver, allegedly, for this. And you're at a team function. When you go out in public, 
when you are traveling in the NBA, you are considered to be under team activities. He's got a handgun in a video in a club. How do you not suspend him 50 games? And by the way, if you don't suspend him, what message are you sending to the rest of the NBA? Mm-hmm. And one of the other things I think is a really critical point here is gun culture in the NBA is probably larger than most people think in that there are people talking about that there are a lot of guns on team flights. Most people don't go to the club and take videos of themselves using them or having them. But the next guy that brings a gun onto a flight will not be the first guy. Yeah. Like, this is something that is really worrisome in the NBA, and I don't know how you fix it, other than to make an example out of John Morant. Yeah, well, I think that's a position he's put himself in. I mean, there's just not there, there's not a, a great way around that. And, and that's why I say, like, you broke the rule, right? You violated uh, a rule that's pretty cut and dry, right? Like, the rule literally says you can't have a gun uh, – on team planes, team activities, like any of that. Like if you're at a team function on the road, like guns are not allowed. And I know it's kind of a crazy sort of conversation to have, but but these guys carry. They do. Like they do. That's just that's just what they do. And I'm I'm certainly not someone who's against open carry states. Like we live in an open carry state. Like we are I see guys at the store, women at the store all the time with a, with a handgun in a holster on their hip. I see it all the time. It's pretty it's actually pretty normal in Salt Lake, believe it or not. And and so for me, the issue isn't that that he like if it came out that hey, he had a gun on his hip on a team plane. Okay, yeah, you're getting suspended, but I wouldn't necessarily think poorly of Ja because it's like, "Oh yeah, he made a mistake. He just brought it on, but he wasn't drunk in a club." out at probably, you know, 2 a.m. or whatever the hell time it was, like there weren't all these other factors. And that's yeah. what really bothers me. It's like, yeah. I don't judge people for for carrying. It's your right to carry. You can carry, but you can't carry when you're drunk. You definitely shouldn't be carrying on Instagram Live while you're drunk with Dude, your homies. you have to follow laws and regulations yeah. and rules. Yeah. And the NBA went through this thing with Javaris Critton and Gilbert Arenas and... I mean, how many gun, how many issues of gun violence have we seen in professional sports? Far too many. Yeah. Far, far too many. The NFL is littered with them. Uh, you know, the NBA has had its fair share of problems. Major League Baseball, like, it's, it's far too many. So you look at John Morant and you, you start thinking about what's at stake for this guy. I'm more worried about the guy, John Morant, than I really am about the violation of rules, right? Right, yeah. I look at John Morant and I ask myself, how come nobody around him is saying anything? How come he doesn't have somebody to say, hey, we're not doing this. You're not doing this. You're screwing this up, dude. Like, how do you not have somebody in your life when you make a decision or you do something that will come to you and say, hey, this is not how we do things? Mm-hmm. How come nobody's saying that? Is it the money? Is it that he's surrounded by the wrong people? I, I don't know. I don't know Josh Circle, obviously, but what I do know is everybody I've talked to in the NBA is terrified for this kid because guns are nothing to mess around with. He's got a gun in a club next to his head, bro. You are not far from an accident. It's not like he's being a safe Second Amendment proponent. Yeah. That's not what this is. This is him playing around with guns in a club. Well, and it's how people die. I mean, yes. you know, I mean, th- this is like. And I'm not trying to preach at anybody. I'm not trying to be like holier than thou guy. But th- but that's gun safety 101. Like gun safety tells you, 
hey, like, the gun is meant to do one thing. So if it accidentally goes off and that goes through your skull into your brain, like, you're dead. That's it. And it's a shame to me. And, and I know this conversation isn't about basketball in this sense, right? But it's a shame to me that someone with his level of talent and ability and and just game is busy yeah. in clubs and is is and is busy, you know, fighting 17-year-olds in his backyard and then walking out the front door with a handgun. Like, John, do you not have yeah. better things to do? Like, and and I and, and I, I'm here for I I totally get it. Hey, he's 23. He's into a ton of money now. Like, life has changed, right? Money changes people. I'm a huge proponent of that concept, but I'm with you on this one 100%. Like, in in the NBA culture, or really even athletic culture, like in the NFL, you hear guys talk about all the time, right? You hear Braun. Let's use Braun as an example. Talk about all the time about how, you know, everyone's taken care of. Mom's got a house and a car. Like, everyone in his circle is taken care of. Money is not a problem for anybody, and it's incredible to me how that changes dynamics. Because think about it. Overnight when you get drafted, the night before you get drafted, you're still going home. You're still in that grind. You're still in that hustle. You get drafted 60, 60 million into your bank account or whatever. Life is different. But yet you you haven't changed. Yeah. You haven't accepted that responsibility. And that's what I think Jaws got to learn. Like, like the whole, you know, Kyrie anti-Semite thing, like for me is worse right like Kyrie was it Kyrie to me is a is just mentally is not a good human being that's my opinion I could be wrong mm -hmm. John Morant's a 23 year old kid with a ton of money on top of the world thinking he can just do whatever the hell he wants and and he can't and I think it's high time to be giving guys like LeBron James credit for never having been in this type of situation oh, I think I think that's exactly right I I think when you look at it's pretty remarkable how much money guys make now. And we're talking about the, the term is generational wealth. Yeah. Like Jaws kids' kids will never have to worry about money. Or they will if he keeps bringing guns on the road in the NBA. And if he keeps, you know, allegedly beating kids and flashing guns at them at his house and during pickup basketball games or laser pointing at the opponent after an NBA game. Like this just, it's stupidity. It really is stupidity. Uh, let's see. Um, RW says, uh, time for a peek around the corner on Greg Flugo, uh, Flugwars. Uh, okay. I don't know who that, who that is. Cool. You know, uh, W Jason Spangler, hilarious. Shannon turned out to be right in this whole saga. Hilarious. Hilarious. You can have, uh, all those stupid concealed carry laws you want. You can't bring ish on airplanes. Yeah, dude. Truth, private or not, right? Yeah, whether you're an athlete or you're a consumer, you can't bring handguns or any kind of firearm on an airplane. Yep, Big Jack 512 says, guns in a bar is 10 years in Texas. Um, Utah Jizz says, Ja is a studio gangster. Yeah, and I think this is the other side what of this conversation. Like, he's a, he's a fake gangster. Like, he's somebody that, that went to a private school. He's somebody that has a very well-to-do background out of South Carolina, and people are starting to point that out. And I think Ja... Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what Jaws' affinity for throwing up gang signs in is. I, I don't know. And I'm being genuine here. I'm not even joking around. I don't know if that's him trying to be cool. I don't know, like, if Ja, like, has some affiliation or something. I doubt it. I would be surprised. Frankly, I'd be disappointed, to be honest with you. 
But when I look at this, hear me out. You're in a club, you know, 2 a.m., whatever time, middle of the night. Yeah. Flashing gang signs and flashing guns on Instagram Live as a multimillionaire NBA player. That is not a recipe for success. And people are genuinely worried that John Morant's going to get himself in trouble, like on the streets. And that's scary to me, like very scary. I think it is fascinating. The inability to realize what is happening in your life. It, and you know who I'll point to? I'll point to Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. How much did you appreciate Donovan Mitchell while he was here? Because you never worried about this stuff that Jaw's doing, right? You never worried about the stuff that Kyrie's doing. Nope. How much, and I agree with you, how much, how much credit does LeBron not get for not, not being a complete moron at 18 years old when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the chosen one? <laughs> I, and I, don't, I think I've told this story on the show. I talked to him like a month, I think, after that came out. Um, Sonny Vaccaro did a showcase tournament at the United Center in Chicago, like right after that came out. And LeBron was a guest on our show. And just sitting there talking to him, you felt like you were talking to an adult. Like the guy has been different. He is different. He's always been different. John Morant doesn't feel like that to me. He feels like a guy. The thing that worries me about John Morant, he is Antonio Brown. You're like, you're going to wake up one day and John Morant's going to be dead. You're yeah, gonna, you think you're, it's that bad with him? Yeah, I well, dude, when you're playing with guns like this, he allegedly beat a 17-year-old kid. He brings a seven John Morant brought a 17-year-old kid to his house for pickup basketball. They got into some kind of heated argument. They got into a physical altercation. The 17-year-old alleges John went into his house, got a gun, had it in his waistband, and was essentially saying, "Hey." You know, he had his hand on the gun in his waistband at his house against a 17-year-old kid over an argument over pickup basketball. Yeah, that's stupid. You're going to wind up dead. Yeah. Because it's it doesn't take a tough guy to carry a gun. It doesn't even take a tough guy to pull a gun out. But now what happens when you pull the trigger? Now what happens? Because you can't get the bullet back. You can't say, just kidding. Ah, man, you know, I wish I hadn't done that. All right, time to go to practice. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Because most guys you're shooting at, they probably have guns too. Yeah. It's just stupid. This whole thing is stupid. That's all this is. Teddy Wayman gives us a $5 tip. Thank you, uh, Tile King of Utah. Teddy legit is the tile king of Utah. If you need tile done, find Teddy Wayman. Uh, Gilbert Arenas had a situation like this years ago. It was in December, and they suspended him for the rest of the season. Yeah. And if you don't remember, Gilbert Arenas got into an argument, I think over a card game, with teammates on the plane. And then the, he, he brought in a selection of guns, including a gold-plated Desert Eagle, and had it on a tray in the uh, Bullets locker room. Like craziness, dude. Yeah. What are we doing? Ended his career, essentially. Ended his, yeah, Spangler. Yeah. Arenas' career was over after that. What was left of it anyways? Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so dumb. Uh, it is. It is. Sadly, uh, Jeremy says uh, that might uh, be what he wants, a death wish. I hope not. I hope not. Brent Burnett says, Jaws situation way bad. Young man needs help from those that are using and abusing him. Well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, who is, who is influencing him? 
and good or bad, influencing him to empower him. But you're empowering him to carry guns or to be, you know, like physically abusive to a 17-year-old kid. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, gangs can really destroy people. I'm not going to go and say he's in gangs. I, I think you're, you're going a little farther. Uh, CJ Vance, why are there reactions to John, the media of hope he gets well, but with Kyrie, it was more condemning what he did. By the way, I think both situations are bad. Well, I think when you're an anti-Semite, which is what Kyrie Irving is, and Kyrie Irving's, how old is Kyrie Irving? 30-something? Let me confirm. He's not like a, a, a young guy that's up and coming. But I will say this story from... 30. He's 30, Kyrie. Yeah. So Shams had a story today that players melted down in a, a players-only meeting because there was no accountability or leadership. But this is what I always say about the, the Grizzlies. They're team tough guy. Who's the vet on that team? Who's the guy teaching them how to win? Well, it should be Mike Conley. But he went to Utah and now he's in Minnesota. Yeah. They need a Mike Conley. They need somebody in that locker room to put their arm around John ja Morant. It should be a guy like Vince Carter who was there. They need somebody like that to put an arm around John Morant and say, hey, man, you are giving your life away. Yeah, It is. Because let's be honest, and, and I don't think I'm even being harsh about this. John Morant's on the clock. He's either going to knock this off and become an elite professional, or he's going to be dead, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you don't play with guns long. You don't play with – playing with guns is a very short-time syndrome. Mm -hmm. It's a game you don't play long. Yeah, and by the way, I think the reason that, you know, the media was so harsh with Kyrie is because it's Kyrie Irving. Because he's 30 years old, he's won a championship, he's been around, like... And he's obtuse. Yeah. He's just... Kyrie Irving is a guy that... Wants to fight. He's likes to argue guy. Yeah. He is... He's flat earth guy. He's Ramadan guy. Which who, is fine, by the way, which is fine. Hey, it's cool if you want to be a flat earth guy. No one's got an issue with that. I can think that's incredibly dumb, right? But that's just my opinion. He's entitled to that. He has the right to think the earth is flat. And I'm being he genuine. Does. He has that right. You don't have the right to hate on someone because of a protected class. You don't have that right, no. dude. I don't. And, and whether it's religion or, or, or whatever protected class you want to look at, you don't have that right. And Kyrie Irving said a bunch of stuff on Twitter uh, and then wanted to defend it, defend it, right, when Nick Friedel was asking him some questions the day after all that had happened. And that's why it blew up, because Kyrie didn't want to say, yeah, you know what, I shouldn't have tweeted about that that book on Amazon. I shouldn't have. And, and I, you know, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. If he'd have just said that, the media wouldn't have done what the media did. But he didn't want to do that. With with Ja, this is a 23-year-old kid who admittedly has been followed since his college days and has done everything that any young kid would want to do who's a hooper, right? He has a shoe deal now. Like He is super relevant, as I said at the beginning of this conversation. He is one of the top like, bases in the NBA. Right? Like This is someone that, that, that kids admire. But who's the vet on that team? There isn't, and I think that's a great point by you. I think that that we as observers of the league forget that these guys are human beings. Like, take basketball away for a second. Take the arenas away. Take all the money. 
Just get down to that, like the fiber of day-to-day life in the league. Think about it. Vince Carter is a great example. Vince Carter was, whatever, 38 years old or whatever he is in that locker room, right? He's the elder statesman telling you, hey, dude, like this is an issue, not going to do this, going to do that. Like he's helping these guys. Udonis Haslam is helping these guys. Ja didn't listen to that. Ja thinks he's bigger than that. And that's where I think he needs help. And I think he's fortunate that this isn't like a drug thing. This isn't an addiction thing in that sense. Now, there are some people saying, hey, like, is this alcoholism? Is this is this an addiction thing? And that's why he just, like, he gets drunk I, and know, turns into it. You know what it. I think this is? I think this is a young kid sowing his oats on the road. I think this is a young kid that that thinks he's bulletproof, that doesn't have to answer to anybody, and nobody's taught him how to be a professional basketball. This is the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Nobody's teaching them how to be professional. Like, John Wall talked about the Houston Rockets. That they didn't have, they they thought the way they were playing and the way they were living on the road was okay, and that's the way it was in the NBA. And John Wall told the story that when he got there, he told him, "This is not how the NBA works. Don't get used to this. Don't think this is okay." I would say the same thing in Memphis when you have when you have no veteran presence there. Really, I mean, Stephen Adams, I guess, but Stephen Adams is is just a guy. I don't know that anybody looks to him as a veteran leader. But from what I understand, they live a really raucous life on the road. And I think that they don't have anybody to say no to that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Sam Lott. What's up, Sam? Good to see you. Ah, the Crittenton versus Arenas gunfight over gambling. So dumb. Yes. Yes. But this, I mean, it's really just, dumb. It, it's almost incredible the shades of this Jaw situation to the Gilbert situation. But do you think that John Moran has any idea that situation ever happened? Uh, I think. You I think, think I think yeah I I think if you're an NBA player you've you you at least have heard of Gilbert Arenas and I think if someone said to a to a a 23 year old three year what has he been in like three years now I think this is his third year I think if you said to a guy like Ja hey do you remember the Gilbert Arenas thing he would at least know somewhat of what you're talking about he may not know every detail he may not know like, I the don't discipline. think so. Well, I don't think so, but that's just... Well, me. he's going to find out now. If he, he didn't is. know, now he knows. Yep. Sean, who's a member of the program, appreciate you, Sean. He says, open carry is great. Uh, it's better than waiting for cowardly cops to show up five hours later. Well, hey, open carry is great, man. It exposes people. I don't mind. I don't mind knowing that a guy's got a gun on his hip. The worst problem is when you don't know some fool's got a gun and you're in a bus, a store, a mall. Yeah. You know, as somebody that... I'm a gun owner. I am a, I'm somebody that I take my gun ownership seriously. I store my guns seriously. I know how to shoot. I've taken... Unlike John Morant. You know, like I take it really seriously. So I, I believe in gun ownership. I don't know that everybody... I don't know that John Morant should own a gun. Not by, based on his behavior. Ryan Buckley uh, says Josh shouldn't be allowed to own a firearm. Well, I don't know about I don't know all about that, that, dude. I, I, it, I see, don't know again, about that. We can't go too far with this. You yeah. know, with all due respect, Ryan, it's this conversation isn't about this isn't some constitutional conversation no. about the Second Amendment or whether open carry is good. This has nothing to do with open carry. This has everything to do with a kid that's a hundred millionaire at this point who thinks he's on top of the world and is gonna wind wind up dead if this doesn't change. And I think he shouldn't be allowed to have a gun right now because he's uneducated and he doesn't respect it. Yeah, the the you know, I have a lot of law enforcement in my family. And my brother said to me once, you know, the the minute you turn a gun sideways and you think you're being a hard ass, get rid of it. 
because it's going to kill you. And I agree with that. The minute that you have a, the picture of Ja, I don't know, do we have the picture of Ja in the club? Like, I, I look at this picture of Ja in the club and I say to myself, man, dude, what, like, I don't think we do, but what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why is this okay? Like, he's literally got a gun right here pointed downward. Uh, uh, just a, a little twenty-two. it looks like. Yeah. Pointed, pointed downward. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's why you shouldn't be allowed to own a gun because you're going to kill yourself with it. Yeah. Go get educated. Go get certified. Learn how to handle it. Respect it. And then let's talk about you getting a permit and owning the gun the right way. And yeah, like that's the way it should be. I don't, I don't, nobody should have their right to own a gun taken away until it's no longer constitutionally guaranteed. Yeah. But I don't, I, I, you're dumb. You're going to kill yourself or somebody else. You're going to kill yourself or somebody else. Plain and simple. Big Jack says open carry is good. Guns in bars and planes are bad. Very bad. Yeah. Uh, McKinley Cutler says it's going to be hard for the NBA to be lenient with Jai after their public stances and promotions the last couple of years. You're exactly right. I don't know why they need to be lenient. Like I get it. He's a star, but again, big responsibility or big stardom comes with big responsibility. And I just think, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. That's that's the old saying, and I think that John ja Morant needs to learn a tough lesson here, unfortunately. And the problem is he stands out like a sore thumb on this because most of the guys of his generation, again, I, I'll talk about Donovan Mitchell. Don's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Don's the guy you want on your team. That's the guy you want in your locker room, in your organization, representing you in the community. Will How many endorsements did John ja Morant just lose? I mean, a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And whether it's Powerade or Nike, who he just signed on with, he's on the verge. He is he is he is on the verge of being a a a Deshaun Watson type who yeah. will never get another endorsement because of what his behavior. Yeah. This stuff with guns, and you guys listen, with all the mass shootings and the gun deaths in this country, this is not funny. This is not to be trifled or played with. Yeah. That's what I struggle with. You know what it is? That's probably it right there. What were you thinking? And I've heard so much talk about how this has never been a problem in the past because we didn't have social media in the past. Yeah. But are you really telling me, John, nobody said, no, you can't put this on social media? You thought it was okay to live stream from a club with a gun. Like, just let that set in. Yeah. I could have stopped at live streamed from a club. That's stupid. That's stupid. You should with a gun. Yeah. That's the thing that I'm just like, dude. Well, and that's why I think a lot of people think he was intoxicated. He wasn't yeah. thinking. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Kinnersley, a member of the program, says everyone that is not a felon should have a gun. They should also get training and be responsible. I think everybody should have to be licensed to have a gun. Yeah. I, I just do. Dante S. There are no problems with Tatum, Zion, Donovan Mitchell, and the like. There are not. That's right. Sean. Nope, but concealed carry permits are not possible for everyone. Should not be possible for everyone. Mike Maple. Seen too many times open carry guns being stolen. No thanks. You know. McKinley Cutler. You are allowed to have a gun, but you are not allowed to be stupid in public with a gun, endangering everyone around you and yourself. Look at... Um, Oh my God, his name went the wide receiver, Plaxico Burris. Yeah, yep. Where he had a gun in his sweatpants. Remember that? He shot himself. Yep. Yeah, dude. Uh, Kinnersley says, definitely not possible for everyone. I know for sure I own a holster company in California. Yeah, it's not possible. It's not. 
Uh, Sam Lott says, but guys, how, how about them jazz? Well, dude, you know, all of our jazz and NBA talk here on the Monty show is presented by our good friends at quick quack car wash, the best car wash in Jutta quick quack, quick quack car wash. Um, I always tell you every day, the thing I love about quick quack in and out in five minutes and the car wash is great. The car wash is great. And you get free vacuums and you get free damp towels, which if you don't know why that's important, damp towels are the best way to dry your car. You don't want to dry your car with a uh, dry towel. You want to dry your freshly washed car with a moist towel. And they give them to you for free at Quick Quack Car Wash. Oh, by the way, the people are friendly. It's family friendly. Bring your kids, open up the sunroof, let them see all the different colors and the soap. Kids will love the car wash now. Quick Quack Car Wash is where it at. They present all of our NBA and Utah Jazz talk. I know, here's the question. Probably don't want to answer. Should I say the two letters together next to each other? Dude, I'm. before you say that, I'd like to just say I'm sick and tired of this conversation. I'd like to just say that. Okay, continue. VW. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, because it's garbage. <laughs> Dude. Where I don't understand. I don't understand this Utah Jazz are tanking thing. Mm-hmm. Do you guys believe that that? Do you guys believe the Jazz are tanking? I do not believe the Jazz are tanking. I what I believe personally is that the Jazz are trying to win games. But you're trying to do that with a lineup that is less than stellar. Because it's garbage. All these Rudy Gay minutes, but who else are you going to play? Bro, it's masked Rudy Gay. Thank you, Batman. Um, are we rushing a Lowry marketing back from any kind of injury? I'm not. Oh, because they're tanking. See, no, no. Because we're thinking long term. Do they care about winning or losing games? They don't. If they win, that's great. If they lose, okay, that sucks. Okay, but this is where we are. This team, the Utah Jazz, is in position to win a championship in the next three to five seasons. Mm -hmm. And explain to me, and again, I will just point to Danny Ainge's comments where he talked about 16 years of mediocrity. The reality is, is, is we've had 16 years of, I wouldn't, it's better than mediocrity for mm -hmm. sure at times in the last 16 years, but at the same time, it really hasn't been championship caliber basketball. And um, um, 16 years without finished getting past the second round of the playoffs, right. I think is not what any of us want. And so the change is just, okay, here we are with veteran team, um, had been all in right. on this veteran team. I think Dennis Lindsay has done a fantastic job in this organization as did Quinn Snyder. And, um, but I just think it's, it's, we're starting over. 16 years of mediocrity. And you guys think that they're trying to lose every game possible because they want to draft Victor <coughs> Wambanyama. <coughs> He's also said in that same interview, I'm too old to tear it down and rebuild it with young guys. Are we clear on that? And you think he's trying to lose as many games as possible to get Victor Wambanyama, who, by the way, Jake so masterfully was like, dude, have you seen this picture of Victor Wambanyama? What about this picture, Jake, stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at this picture, like, yeah, obviously VW's taller than Rudy here. But I think the thing that stands out so much is 
VW is is just super slight. He like I, I'm not even talking about muscularly speaking. Look at his frame. Look how skinny, like shoulder width wise. Look at Rudy's shoulders, and then look at VW's. And I'm not saying that this kid's not going to produce in the league. I think he will produce in the league. But I'm here to tell you this is not going to be some MVP caliber player. You you do not come in the league like this at that size, you know, 7-4, you know, 205 or whatever the hell he is, and think that you're going to just move guys around or that you're not going to get dunked on. I think defense is going to be a serious problem for this kid because he just doesn't weigh anything. And, and I'm not even trying to hate on him. I'm open to the idea that he will be a dominant offensive player. If, if you're that guy, if you're a VW guy, the hill that you should be dying on is, yeah, sure, he doesn't weigh anything, but his jumper's wet. He's got a great handle for his size, and he'll be able to exploit the matchup, and he's got a baseline fade. He can do some things for you. Okay, die on that hill. This is a problem right here because as much as we want to hate on whatever, you know, Carmelo Anthony for years got hated on because he was a one-way player, offense only. I'm telling you that this kid in this picture right here should tell you everything you need to know that says he will be a one-way player, predominantly offensive. Well, and I think the other thing is, is he's already getting dominated defensively. He cannot guard fours and fives. So that really pigeonholes him as a three in, in the NBA. How is he going to handle? And I mean, pick the three you want to point Jason to. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, LeBron James, um, a Kevin Durant, a Devin Booker. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, Bradley Beal. It's it, it, it's endless. How is he going to handle that level of physicality at the three? Okay, we'll slide him down to the four. What does this kid look like against LeBron James? Now, in five years, hey, maybe he looks like a totally different body. He's put on a bunch of physicality. Maybe his game's gotten better. Okay, a Giannis, great. A Giannis-level transformation physically. That's great. That's not what's a fit for the Jazz. So, again, I can only tell you I've talked to guys at the Jazz repeatedly. They have unequivocally said, we are not trying to lose games. We are not. But we're not going to rush Colin Sexton back. We are not going to rush Laurie Markkinen back. And why would you? Yeah. Why would you? Make, making the playing game is great, but is that really what you're here to do? No. So if you're one of the people that believes that the Jazz are tanking, I think you just don't know this. I think you just don't know this organization. You know, like it, it's one of those things that, yes, Teddy, exactly right. Yeah. Just look at Chet. He didn't even make it to training camp. Yeah, and admittedly, I was a Chet guy. I thought Chet would translate decently to the league. You know, I figured, hey, like, you know, 6'10", like we've seen this makeup before. Granted, it's only been Kevin Durant really doing what Kevin Durant does. So, you know, wasn't sure that Chet would be able to produce those kind of results. But, you know, I, yeah, I think you, you, nobody ever talks about it. Everyone seems to forget that Chet didn't even get hurt playing in the league. Chet got hurt in a summer pickup playing against LeBron, and it wasn't even a physical play. Like, it's an average, I would say, for LeBron, three-quarter speed. He wasn't even really full speed. It was a, you know how guys will go, they're running full speed up the floor, but then they take those longer strides at the end to kind of set up the jump to the rim. And LeBron just gave him the classic shoulder to the chest that we all do, right? In basketball, it's a normal play, and Chet pops yeah. his foot. And it's just like, dude, like, holy crap, did I not just see my life flash before my eyes with VW? And this guy is 7'5", 
200 and between, and it depends on who you believe. Some people have them at 207 to 210. Some people have them at 220. Kevin Durant is 6'10", 240. Yeah. So 6'10", six inches, seven inches shorter, and yet he weighs 10 pounds minimum more. Yeah. Andy's got a handle. Andy's got a wet jump shot. Andy can play defense. Yet this kid who's bigger weighs how many pounds less? Okay, so let's say he puts on weight. Are you going to lose quickness over like it's all I'm saying is you guys for Victor Wambanyama to be the best player ever in the NBA is almost impossible yeah. for him to be the best player of his generation is almost impossible for him to be an elite player at the NBA level is almost impossible. You've never had somebody seven, five. And the problem is that means his legs and arms are incredibly long. Yeah. He's going to take advantage of matchups. Sure. But what are you going to do? Put this kid at the point? Because the three, four, five in the NBA is not a place he belongs. Can you imagine him playing Anthony Davis? He's trying to guard fours and fives in France right now, and he's getting shellacked in the post. Yeah. Cannot compete in the post. Now, he's torching those guys on offense. There's no doubt about that. But what are we learning about the NBA? You got to defend. Yeah. And, ch- and as always, I know, not reinventing the wheel here. Defense wins championships in the league. We all know that. Milwaukee we see and every, Boston. Every year, dude, we see it. Milwaukee and Boston. And I think, look, the Lakers are a great example of this. The Lakers are now able to compete defensively because of Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. And they're a much better team. Mm-hmm. And it, it, look, I hope, the, I hope the kid comes in and dominates. I hope he does. Uh, let's see. Northern end zone. Ute says, look at Durant, similar body type, similar body type. No doubt. I just think Kevin Durant is to be a three, four guy in this league. You cannot be two ten. I disagree that the body type is similar. I think on TV, it looks similar, but in person, it's not similar. I think Kevin Durant, you know, maybe coming out of college, there were shades of, you know, similar kind of, but understand what you're saying there with that 610 versus 75 you understand that's like that's like you know what 65 versus 510 it's the same thing like in those terms you're like oh wow like 6566 is way different than 510 so 75 versus 610 is oh, the man. same thing and and to me Dude. i look at that and i say yeah kevin durant's legit 240 and the way that's distributed distributed through his frame has allowed him to play a ton of minutes in a long time and be, until recently, right? I think we could all agree, he was a pretty durable player until the Achilles. And now he's dealt with some things. But overall, when he's playing, he's the most dominant player on the floor. So for me, I look at not just his body. I look at his athleticism. His uh, athleticism is elite. Do you understand that Victor Wamanyama, as of today, has played 72 total career professional games? Like, and he averages 11 and a half points a game career. He's had this one year of 22.2 points a game. And the other thing that really stands out to you is he's only shooting 29% from three. So it's not like he's tearing people up. I think it's a long climb for this kid. What does rebounds look like? Total rebounds, nine and a half a game. He's averaging right now. So he's, um, not, he's not averaging a double-double? He is not. He, he is not averaging a double-double. He is averaging 22 points a game, nine rebounds a game, 
Um, he is averaging two assists a game. He is averaging 28% from three, 56% from two. And he is putting up five threes a game. And he is putting up 11 twos a game. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's just. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing a boat on this guy, but I just don't see it. He's, I, I am, I, I'm always, I'm always shocked by that. Every time I look at that number, 72 games is all he's played. <clears throat> there have been so many guys that internationally have been amazing. And the one guy that's, that. I, th- I hear a lot of people compare him to Luca. You just can't compare the two because their resumes are so different. Luca Doncic popped out of the womb wearing basketball shorts and Jordan 11s and shooting game-winning shots for championships. Like he he started playing at such a young age. But I I I really worry about Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Uh, I I really have worries about his long-term ability to succeed. Uh Brandon Butler says the Jazz need multiple thing guards and power forwards. They should use every asset they have uh, to fill out the roster, not use them all on a huge risk. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Jeremy Callahan says Kevin Durant's an anomaly. His body doesn't uh, really even make sense. His length is odd, and there are guys who are quicker, stronger, faster, et cetera, that he somehow just annihilates. Well, now he's got the skill. I mean, now the skill is what just owns you. But Oh, my God. NY Monty fan has made his return to the show. Bro, where have you been? NY Monty fan has made his triumphant. Let's go. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back. I mean, I don't even know. Um, I, I, I don't I don't even know. Like, dude, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible, dude. I I wow. Also, look at the talent he's playing against. Very true. Very true. NY Monty fan, good to see you. Just breaking balls, of course. You know. Uh, the last time, don't say it, Brandon. The last time the Jazz went for a foreign kid in the top 10. Why? Dante Exum. <laughs> now, Uncle Monty told you guys to stay the hell away from Dante Exum. Good old Kyle Gunther told me I was stu- quite literally on the air told me I was stupid. It's a pattern, dude. I'm just telling you. NY Monty fan says, I've been teaching seminars and presenting at conferences for two weeks. That's weak shit. Let's go. Yeah, come on, dude. The show's... No, I'm kidding. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. In Vegas with this week left to go. Let's go. Okay, okay. Let's go. Uh, The Jazz need a true point guard. I would agree with that. Yeah. Is Colin Sexton that guy? No. Teddy Wayman. Carlos Arroyo was really good internationally, too. Look how his NBA career played out. There are just so few guys that come over, you know, like there's just so few, I mean, Evan Fournier, even Yao Ming or the physical freaks that are so above and beyond physically different. The only guy that was really successful is like a Dikembe Mutombo. Dirk. But Dirk wasn't a physical freak. Dirk just could play. He was just better than you. Dirk could play, but a guy like a Yao Ming who was just injured all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the, like Australia really is the place where guys like jo- the Josh Giddies of the world, he's not a physical freak. He's just a damn good basketball player. Or, yeah. you know, like a, a, a Giannis is a pretty rare example. Look at his brothers. But are look not- what Giannis did to fortify his body. 
right? Like, people forget that. Giannis came into the league as a stick. And then what did he do? He spent two, three seasons building his body, and then he worried about his jumper. Now he's the guy he is. That's what I'm saying. That's what guys need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, Sam Lott uh, says Brandon Miller is going to jail. Well, I hope not. Didn't he just win SEC Player of the Year and he dominated the tournament? Rubio was good. Was Ricky Rubio good? You know he's still in the league, right? With, with, I mean, he was okay. Uh, Sam Lott says the Jazz need to find a way to get Josh Giddy. Would love to have him. Brady Cook says Jazz need guys that can stay healthy as well. They do. Darren Ingram, what's up, my golfing stud, says uh, if they could get one guy that had uh, top 10 potential, what position would you want that guy to play? Power forward. Yeah. Give me a four that can just absolutely annihilate people. That's why Laurie's so fun to watch, you know? And I'm not saying he's that mm. guy, but he is fun to watch. Can you imagine Walker at the five, Assassin at the four? Yeah. You have a Laurie Markkinen at the three, and then you you got to find a number one point guard, right? Like, I mean, if you can find a four that can just blow people up, you're it's over. Yeah. It's because then you got a uh, a three, four, five, and yeah, Facts. you know, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> My Monty fan says, Teddy, your legend has traveled all around the nation with me. I see missing posters everywhere of your beard. That's exactly right. Hey, you start talking shit. That's exactly right. Uh, Tucker Brady, what do you guys think of the Thompson twins? Would be awesome if the 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 Jazz went for them. I don't know that anybody, like as a rock band, the Thompson Twins were amazing. Sounds like a um, cute name. You know, what? The you don't know who the Thompson Twins were? No, dude. It's before my time. Once again, we do this every day on the show. God. Like, dude. God. Like. <laughs> Just Bro, they existed before I was even born, and you expect me to know who these guys are? Just one time. Like, what do you want me to do? Just one time. W what am I supposed to do? Just, God. God. Please open the door, God. Oh, thank you. Uh, Leonard Skinnerd, how are you, buddy? Anyway, my point <laughs> is, <laughs> just one time I'd, be, I'd like you to be like, yeah, the Thompson Twins were amazing. Well, if you would stop mentioning bands that were in existence from 77 to 93, you know, the year I was born, then maybe I'd know who they were. Yeah, I, I think he's talking about Eamon and Azur Thompson, the basketball players. Um, You know. I don't know. Is what it you know? I'd have to watch more tape. I have not watched a lot of tape on them at all. Yeah. Um, you know, numbers I don't know calling me. Stop okay. calling me. Okay. Uh, Matt Hartley says uh, the OKC Giddy won't give him up. No chance. Uh, Della Rick says the Joker is also another one that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you know. Uh, Brent Burnett says maybe the Pelicans give up science. Stop. Matt Hartley, uh, unless you. You give up draft picks. Thunder want the entire first round of every one of these years. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Brett Burnett says, uh, KO, fine, but uh, we want what we want is Joker. He can do it all. Maybe. Uh, maybe the Thompson twins will pair up with, with the Morris twins. Maybe. How is that even possible? Do, I mean, you mean you know who Morris Day is? You don't know who Morris Day is? No. 
More stain. Oh my God. Do you guys see what I deal with? I just, yeah. Uh, Jeremy Callahan says, what are you supposed to do? Stop with the excuses, Jake. I just, I, you know. What am I supposed to do, bro? You know. Yeah. Hold me now. Thank you, Sam Lott. He knows the Thompson twins. Yeah, because Sam Lott is an Hold old head in the gym, now. dude. You guys have that in common, bro. Okay. Did you just call me fat? No, I called you old. Same thing. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, got to go, ladies and gents. Thanks for a great show, Jake and Monty. See you soon, buddy. See you Friday. Um, huh? North End Zone Ute says, Zion is a walking injury. He dude, is. facts, bro. Facts. You got to gotta take your, your, facts. you got to take your bucked up. Like, how many times have I told Zion Williamson that Bucked Up's the official energy drink of the Monty program? Hey, Monty. Right? Let's go. Bucked Up Energy. Go get your Bucked Up Shaker. They are the best. I'm telling you, this is the best shaker I've ever owned, and they want to give it to you for free. BuckedUp.com. Use the promo code Monty to get 20% off. By the way, if you're in Utah, go to any of their Utah Bucked Up stores. I go to South Jordan. There's one in Murray. Orem's got a great store up in Farmington Station. Down my friends in the GZ. Yeah. Where are all my guys in the GZ? Let's go. Make sure you guys get to the Bucked Up store in uh, St. George. By the way, a week from now, we'll be in Arizona at spring training, drinking from our Bucked Up energy drinks. You know. Uh, I'm just telling you, Bucked Up's the best in the business, and they want to give you free samples and a free shaker just for listening to the Monty program. The Monty program. this shaker. I'm telling you, it is the best shaker you will ever use. It's in the links below. All you have to do is click the link that says free samples. Pick any of the samples you want. They are a hundo P free. You get three of them. Get the pre-workout samples. I'm telling you, the, the bucked up pre-workout, nice and level. It doesn't light your face on fire, but you have a better workout. You burn more calories. You go harder at the gym. I'm telling you, Stay hard. it is absolutely the way to go. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty. Get your free samples and your free shaker below. Click the link. Check it out. Select your samples, select your, and you can pick any color shaker that you want. They'll send it right to your front door for free. Hook it up. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Darren Ingram says, if you know HOF sports players, you need to know HOF music too. Please. No excuses. Hall of Fame. Please. The Thompson Twins are awesome, dude. Please. They're awesome. Uh, Dan Kinnersley says, Zion on the opposite side of the spectrum from Chet MVW, almost too big to stay healthy. Yeah. Too much load. Too many G's on the knees, dude. Uh, Brady Cook says, I wonder who the Jazz will draft. Jeremy Callahan says, the Zion Curtain. Exactly Bro. right. Exactly right. I, you know what? Dude, we have, been, we have been talking about Zion for years, and he's just never arrived. Yep. He's never arrived. It, it just is. He's had one good run. Yeah. That's it. Totally agree. All right, can we talk about non-sports? We've got like 10 minutes left in the program. I'm telling you, this golf show on... Um, yeah, so you're all you're all about this show. Full swing. Is that what it's called, I think? I can't, I'm terrible with names. Yes, it is called Full but Swing. Full Swing on Netflix. So, they got me hooked with Brooks Kepka. We were watching an episode and it was okay, it was good. It was really good. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth going head to head. And the thing that was amazing is they weave in other storylines in the episodes. And one of the storylines was Brooks Kepka struggling. And they essentially told the Kepka story about how he was a dominant player. And then he just couldn't hit a golf ball. And he couldn't make a putt and he couldn't hit an iron. 
and he couldn't get up and down. And he went home and was talking to his wife or soon to be wife, Jenna Sims, who, oh my God. Um, and he was like, I don't know that he said something to the effect of, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get back to back here. I don't know how I'm going to fix this. It was remarkably honest. You know, the other thing they got me with Dustin Johnson. Now, Paulina Gretzky. Hey, baby. <laughs> I said, God damn, if you could wear a little less makeup, that'd be fine. Please. But she's amazing. But Dustin Johnson joins live golf on the show. And he straight up said, it's not rocket science, dude. So let me see if your job was paying you a certain amount of money and a competitor came up and said, you know, we're going to pay you more money and you're going to have to do less work. Does that sound like something you're interested in? But you're going to have to be okay with us cutting people's heads off. I mean, other than that, jerk, he straight up said, and I thought he was really honest about it. He's like, I, I want to give up. Yeah. I want to work less and make more money. Who can't, who, who can't relate to that? Yeah. And it's the Saudis, but don't get me started on it. But dude. it was, yeah. it was a remarkable piece of content and yeah. the storytelling was really good. I'm telling you, Full, I do appreciate he was is, honest. Full Swing is an incredible show. And if you haven't seen it on Netflix, if you don't have Netflix, it's worth joining just to watch Full Swing. I love that flipping Yeah, I show. think it's funny you guys were out on Netflix and now all of a sudden you're back on the train. I'm not back on the train, but that show is crazy good. Yeah. And now, uh, grant, granted, the Saudis cut people's heads off. I ain't even arguing that. But it was compelling content. And just like they had Damon on and they were talking Saudi about stage. how... You know, his mom died of cancer. He had testicular cancer and he didn't believe in himself. And I mean, it's just the, every episode has a great story hook and it's, it's remarkable. And they, they, they talk about how guys go on tour and they miss cuts and they don't make any money that week. They talk about how all these guys pay their caddies a salary and a percentage of their winnings. Mm -hmm. And when they don't make the cut, they have to pay their caddies anyway. And I mean, it's remarkable to see these lower level guys talking about, hey, you know what? I missed the cut. This is going to kill me financially. And then Damon comes back and finishes top 10 at the US Open and gets a $450,000 paycheck. And it's all good again. Uh, it's remarkable. Yeah. The mental game. And you guys know, if you've watched a show for any amount of time, you know I get boned over the mental game. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a big believer in being mentally tough. Well, I think in golf, it's, it is it is the game. Yeah. The mental side of the game is the game. Yeah, and it's why I'm a big David Goggins guy. It's why... Stay hard! It's why I'm all into cold, cold plunges. And, like, I'm all about it because I think it tunes the mental game. And watching these guys struggle mentally when they make it look so easy. It's internal. It's and how many of us have wanted to, like one of these guys was like on the verge of snapping, like Rory McIlroy was on the show as well. Yeah. And he's on the verge of like snapping a shaft in half over frustration of a shot. Who hasn't felt that way? Yeah. I've felt that way. I mean, I, I love it. Jeremy Callahan says, well, the takeaway is it's all in the hips. Exactly right. Saudi stooge. Darren Ingram says drive to survive is awesome as well. It is. So what are you watching on TV right now? Mayor of Kingstown. That's what I'm watching. I did not watch the latest episode of Mayor of Kingstown. Casual. Did you watch it yesterday? No. No, neither did I. <laughs> um, by the way, by the way, Jake. Here we go. You had a date yesterday or Saturday. Yeah. Back in the ball game. Yeah. How we living. Yeah, not bad. Good first date. You know, it was, it was good. 
It was a nice time. Talked for like two hours. Uh, Where'd you take her? Well, uh, you know, tried to go to my first spot, pizza joint. That didn't work out. Then we went to Shake Shack. Uh, you took your first date to Shake Shack. It's a backup plan. Can't wait Love an hour it. and a half, dude. So it was a where, plan. where were you going to go? Uh, we were going to go to Slackwater because she likes pizza. Yeah. And that was kind of her idea, her spot, her place, whatever. And I was like, Love all right, Slackwater. it's going to be busy. And then we show up. Now, I will say she was 10 minutes early. Respect. She was. She beat me there. Respect. Owns a Tesla. Um, oh, God. You know. Um, so, yeah. she's. Did you talk about driving a Tesla? Uh, no, we talked about her enjoying driving her dad's S2000 that he garages. So Okay. It's kind of it was kind of a serious conversation, but isn't S two thousand a deal breaker? No, she drives. She knows how to drive sick. That's pretty good. I mean, it's Honda, so it's trash. But you know, so Daddy? she knows how to drive stick. Jake, is that a you? Are you trying to like drop code on us or something? <laughs> or? <laughs> no, no. But how are you excited about an S two thousand? Well, because it would be fun to you know. Canyon drive together or whatever. I don't know. It'd be fun. Dude, I mean, it's only an S2. It's not that great. Is it? Is it great? Might not be great to you, but that's a fun car. It's. I'm not a Honda guy. I'm not. But an S2000, that's a legend for sure in the car game. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. When did you lower your standards like this? I'm not lowering them. I'm just telling you what it oh, is. Oh, stop. Stop. Okay, anyway. Um... Second date with this girl? Like, what's the story? Yeah, at some point. She's busy. She's in EMT school, trying to be a fighter fighter. So she's finishing her courses and okay. kind of busy. And we're going to spring training. So, is you know. She, is she hot? Yeah. I would, yeah. She's a good okay. looking girl. She's you, not Paulina Gretzky. <laughs> but, you know. Okay. Do you, uh, by the way, Darren Ingram says also hate Honda. Thank you, Darren. Yeah, I'm not a Honda that. guy. Thank at all. you very yeah, much. Um, are there other prospects? Um, not that I've seen, but there are prospects coming. Yeah. They're on the horizon. <laughs> Stay hard. That was a good save. That was a really good save. Jeremy Callahan wants to know what Canyon Drive. Is that code for something? Oh, my God. Just like that. <laughs> Full send, Billy. Oh, Giggity says, better know how to drive stick. That's damn right, you know. What's up, big bro? Hey, yo. Jeremy Callahan says, first date again? It's all in the hips. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely wild, Stay bro. Hard. I love, you're all, you know. You know. Uh, but like, so here's my deal. Like, it is Honda, but I'd rather hate Honda, but she knows how to drive stick than then just absolutely knows nothing about cars and doesn't enjoy yeah, cars. Yeah, because you can bump her over to a Subaru from a Honda. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, I said you can... Hey, at least the Subi can drive in the snow, okay? The S2000 cannot, by the way. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> S2000. No, it's not. No, it's not, Darren. S2000 you're, is You're legit. hating on the S2000, dude. I'm hating on Hondas. Yeah. I'm not a Honda guy. The, the S2000, S2000 is yeah. not a Civic, dude. Yeah. The S2000 is a legend. Yeah, but it's Honda Racing. Don't feel that that's the same. It's not. It's not. I don't. I don't disagree with you. Okay. So was she a conversationalist? Did you Did you yeah. have to carry the thing? No. Oh, who wound up paying? Uh, she offered to split, but I paid because it was Shake Shack. It was like twenty bucks. So I was like, all right, cool. What'd you get? Oh, chicken sando, uh, fries, lemonade. What'd she get? 
same. She got parm fries, though. She did? Yeah, she got parm fries. Ooh. So she got some flair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was, admittedly, it was good. Didn't really, I don't know. I wasn't, see, here's the problem. Can we be honest about Shake Shack? No, lie about it. It sucks. What? Compared to Super Chicks, it sucks, dude. Everything compared to Super Chicks sucks, dude. But it's like, dude, like, what am I supposed to do with myself? Like, you go to Super Chicks, it ruins the experience of everything else. Like, legit, like, I like the fries better. I like the Sando better. I like the custard shake better. I like, like, come on, man. That's the problem. Nothing compares to Super Chicks. Let's just, let's be honest about that. Yeah. Nothing compares to Super Chicks. Yeah. Bottom line, I just, yeah. Don't play intramurals, brother. Okay, so where are you going to take her next? Uh, not sure yet, dude. We we have to, legitimately, uh, we, I probably won't see her until we get back because she's Oof. she's that busy with school. Oof. So like two and a half weeks? Yeah, it's going to be a minute. Are you all right with that or? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting myself that invested this early, dude. Like it's, you know, that, that takes time. Uh, and yes, I do have other prospects on the horizon. So we'll see. I'm not getting myself invested. No, Says, that's not what I said. I said not that invested. I am invested. I enjoyed our time. We had a nice time. She, the conversation was good. Did you guys get naked? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> did she take Dude, the, you're, you're an absolute the, child, bro. Did she take the peel off the banana? Dude, you... Please... You are an absolute child, bro. With all due respect. Or did she go full Will Levis? Yeah, she ain't scared of milk, you know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> the, the Will Levis story. If, if you're late to the show, it's just um, look up Will Levis Bananas. Trust me. You can... It, your what kids else do the comments got? What else comments got? Comments got nothing for you. Uh, should we talk about... Should we end the show or should we talk about DeSantis and bloggers? <sighs> If you, know. you want, I, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I'm not really into it, but Darren, what it, it, it Darren, what, what are we doing today? Did you wake up on the right side of the bed or something? No, my guy, he says agree, game, dude, from Vegas, Shake Shack is overrated by a Dust lot. Up. Yeah. Okay. But you're trying to compare it to, to super chips. Okay. Well, is that not a fair comparison? They're no, both that's casuals. like, com- that's both... like comparing a gold brick to a dollar bill. They're totally I'm not different. Afraid to die. They're totally different. Yes. One you can find in a dumpster. The other one is like a five-star Michelin restaurant. Okay. And she took offense. You know, let's relax a little bit. Crispy. Crispy's <laughs> like, nah, bro, end it. <laughs> the chicken sandwich at Shake Shack is legit. It For is fast food, chicken, it's legit. But, but whoa. Yes, it dude, is. Dude, stop. Don't. Dude, you're, you're trying to make it like, like, like they shouldn't be compared to super chicks. They shouldn't be. Why? Because they're, they're both they're fast are... casuals, no drive through, oh bro. God. It's competition, dude. Okay, if you view Shake Shack and Super Chicks the same way, just run your face into a, a, a table saw. Seriously, flip on the table saw. That or get out your, your Vita Blender and just stick your finger into the Vita Blender. Just your Wish whole fist. You. Just they're two totally different things. Okay. Super Chicks is the creme de la your mom. Like, I will do it. You will do what? I just took my lightsaber out. Oh, God, here we go. Did you take your lightsaber out on the date? Does she know you do this show? Yes. Okay, cool. Raider on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. dilly.
Don't. 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 Okay. Don't. Okay. Don't. You know. Anyway. Uh, all right. I guess Ron DeSantis wants bloggers who are going to write about him to register with the state. Wait. So that sounds like a constitutional violation, does it not? Yeah. Well, it's Florida, so of course it is. So let me ask you this. Part of full swing, people living in Florida. Would you ever consider living in Florida? No. You wouldn't. I would. Because of DeSantis alone. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. So he... Uh, I don't have a way to overcome that because you're correct. But Florida... I, if Ron DeSantis or... Florida man or many other things. Yeah, I'm not trying to go no. golfing and have a uh, an alligator chew my leg off, dude. <laughs> Did you see that video of the alligator eating the shark? Yeah, dude. Oh like, my I'm God. not here for that, bro. Can you measure it? Yeah, no, no. I can't because he ate it off my knee. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Like, I just I, what bothers me about Florida is I'm sure it's a wonderful place to live. You know, outside of the fact that the hurricane's going to put your house in Maine. But, you know, other than that, it's a fine place to live. I I just would rather be in California. I like California. Yes, it's super expensive. Yes, there are certain political figures there that I'm not a huge fan of. But at least in California, I'm not getting hurricanes. You know what I mean? Like, at least in California, I can drive my S2000 down the 405 oh, and not think about I it. Like, get, dude, a, get an M. Get a BMW. Okay, get a, get something some that's not a Honda. People can't afford M's. People can't afford Audis. We're not all like you, okay? Darren Ingram says, Damn. hell yes, cheap and great beaches. No income tax, Kinnersley says, is huge. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I, I think, I, yes, Jeremy, if you don't know where this is from, damn, an alligator bit my hand off. You Does don't it make you feel responsible. It, okay. Where is it from? I'm not telling you. Let's look it up. Uh, Darren Ingram says uh, down the 405 at 15 miles an hour. Okay. You can uh, be stuck in traffic on the four. You, oh, my God. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> Kiggity says, Jake, bro. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm just not cultured. I get it. Yeah, I'm not cultured. Uh, Florida is a different world. Having been to Florida quite a few times in my life, Florida is a different world. I hate humidity, and I don't like crack sweat. So I don't know that <laughs> I, I don't know that I could. What I, am I supposed to say to crack sweat, dude? Well, what like you're? We already know your team squats. So let me get this right. Are you? So you're gonna squat on the beach to soak up the crack sweat? No, because then you get a churro. The point is, wow. The point is, the the humidity is the issue in Florida. In California, there's too many damn people. The regulations are too get much. The fuck. Yeah. And out. it's so expensive to live there. Come on. It is so expensive to live there. You're not an East Coaster, dude. Come on. Yeah, probably not. Come on. I, 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 no, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm but not I, a Florida guy, dude. I'm sorry, I'm not. But I am a fan uh, of the Big Five O Birthday Bash with Brant Keithy and Max Tooley. Um, that is going to be this Friday right here um, at the Maverick Center as the Jetaw Grizzlies take on the <laughs> Kansas City Mavericks. Um, super excited. Uh, our guy, Darren, uh, Canyons golf, the Darren official golf and his course Ford Bronco. Oh yeah. Uh, is Darren's going to be there. Our PXG guy. Whoa. Garrett. 
from PXG. Garrett from PXG is going to be there with putters. We are going to. This is a pretty much turned into a golf event. Yeah. At a hockey game. Yeah. With football players. Yeah. And Mexican food. You guys uh, kick you it with slow. It's what we do. Um, we are going to have a mini golf course set up inside of the Centennial Room upstairs here at Maverick Center. So you can watch hockey, you can play mini golf, or you can go down. Your everybody gets a ticket, right? But I I shouldn't even be describing this, by the way, because well, it's we we're out of room. But um, we are going to play mini golf. We're going to have an awesome custom cake, awesome Mexican food, enchiladas, tacos. It's going to be amazing. Mini golf. Brant Keithy from Utah. Max Tooley from BYU. You, we're going to hang out with those guys. They're going to actually drop the uh, ceremonial first puck on Friday night here at the Mav. It is going to be outstanding. Um, and again, you, we have all kinds of door prizes. You're going to get a somebody's going to win a season pass at Canyons Golf. We have free rounds of golf at Canyons Golf. And if you don't know Canyons Golf, it has been completely rebuilt. It is the the views, the greens. I mean, it is. Creme de la creme, brother. Mm -hmm. Like, it is everything you want in a golf course. I am super stoked to play it this year. It, it Well, I mean, next year because of all the snow. Yeah. Anyway, point is, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It is going to be an amazing night. Thanks to our friends at Canyons Golf. Thanks to our friends at PXG. Uh, thanks to our friends here at the Maverick Center because it's going to be amazing. And thanks to Brian Keithy and Max Tooley. Um, and then Saturday, the Stanley Cup is going to be at the Maverick Center. And I cannot wait. Lit. By the way, 143 of you are watching this. I need a favor. So we are looking to make somebody's day on Friday night. We're looking for somebody who is, I don't know, maybe down on their luck. But they're a huge hockey fan. Maybe they're a huge Colorado Avalanche fan. Maybe having the Stanley Cup come to their house on Friday night would be remarkable. Maybe it would change their outlook. Maybe they're struggling with their health. Maybe they're struggling physically and they just need a bump. And maybe having the Stanley Cup show up at their front door would make all the difference in the world. We're looking for somebody to, to change their perspective, to really make a difference in their life on Friday night. And I know it's odd. The cup doesn't get into town until like 8, so it wouldn't be probably till like 9.30. But we'd really love to bring this to somebody who needs it, who, man, it would put a smile on their face. Yeah. It would just make their day to have the Stanley Cup in their living room because they're dealing with something. They're struggling with something. DM me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Instagram uh, or Twitter. Tell us a story. Let us help you. Let us help your mom, your dad, your best friend, your neighbor, your coworker, your old science teacher. Who's somebody that's a big hockey fan that would not be able to believe that the Stanley Cup could be coming to their house? Yes. It's going to be in town, and we have the ability to put it anywhere we want. The Grizzlies are an amazing organization that is community-based, and they want to help somebody. They want to make somebody's day. So who is that in your life? Who needs that? Who is, you know, like, who is just struggling? Who is just, who just needs it? Let's, let's make somebody's day. Let's make somebody's life. Yeah. Let's, let's see what we can do. How can we change somebody's outlook? 
That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'm really looking for somebody that's a huge hockey fan. Maybe a huge Colorado Avalanche fan. DM me. Let's see if we can make somebody's day. Yeah. Somebody's life. And if you know somebody, like I said, it doesn't matter their story. If they're struggling with their health, if, if somebody's struggling with cancer or whatever it is, if somebody is just down on their luck and they need that thing, let's give it to them. Let's bring the Stanley Cup to their house. Now, obviously, they need to know what the Stanley Cup is. They need to be a hockey fan. And I know I'm looking for a needle in a haystack here. Yeah. But let's help somebody. Let's do this. Let's make this something. Please. Where we can do anything we want. So let's do something great. Let's do something for somebody. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. And we didn't find out about this until today. So if you know somebody, DM me, please. The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. DM me. Let's, let's hook it up. Yeah, I think it's a big opportunity. There's 300,000 of you that listen to the show on a monthly basis. There's someone out there who knows someone. Now, before we leave, all 123 of you, please hit the like button. That really helps the channel grow. It really helps the video grow. Uh, we've had over 3,000 people watch this show today. And we only, have, we only have 230 likes. Yeah. So let's hook it up. Uh, Jeremy Callahan says, very cool. Richard McDonald says basketball only. What do you mean by that? Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? Russ Fisher says stay in Utah, Florida. It blows. Blows and not just the wind. Rain and sweat your balls off while blowing. Exactly yeah, right. Not interested. Exactly right. Alex says we really want to move to Florida. Yeah, no. I'm good. You know. Okay. There you go. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business where you don't pay the advocates. Until they win your case, you can chat with an attorney live online for free, 24-7, 365theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.